Hello. Shoot. Are you okay? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hi. Hi there. <laughs> That's the second time I've had my headphones unplugged. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And here's how Dave answers the phone with me now. Uh, uh, the phone <laughs> rings. Yeah. Uh, I go, hello. There's a long pause. <laughs> it sounds like uh, a bowling ball is being dropped. And then I hear, God damn it. Ah, oh, shoot. What? <laughs> huh? And then I say, uh, are, you, are you okay? Oh, huh? Then, uh, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> get out of here. And then, uh, how you doing? And that's, uh, that's how we start our conversations now. It was the second show in a row. I forgot to uh, plug in my headphones. Oh, well, that's okay. It, yeah, they were, it's all fine. We're they all were plugged in and then I unplugged them because, uh, I really don't like a mess of cords, but it just seems that if you have anything with cords, there's some sort of like mathematical, you know, like exponential equation that causes the cords to like multiply beyond what you think you need do you know what i mean yeah i've got uh, headphones with my uh you know iphone you know and i put them down and then they wrap into an, uh, a gordian knot yeah there's nothing <laughs> wrong there's no i mean and if you looked at them they don't move there's no way they would actually physically do that yeah but uh, you turn your head for like half a second and you look back and uh, you you got to spend the next minute untangling them it's just how it goes. So yeah, you put a couple of chords together, uh, shit's going to go down. It's weird. Absolutely. It's, it's asking weird. for trouble. Like like downstairs we have an we don't upstairs our TV is just a television. But downstairs we have an amplifier, you know, with all the speakers and everything. And attached to the amplifier is a laser disc, a the a Blu-ray player. Right, because you, you live both in the 80s <laughs> and uh the the noughts. The 90s, you, you mean. The, well, laser discs are okay. a '90s thing, unless unless you're thinking of Selectivision, which is different than laser discs. Okay, all right. So people were listening to laser discs in the uh, or watching laser discs in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. Okay. D- DVDs were kind of a late, a late part, like late '90s thing, right? Weren't they? Mm, I, I believe I was listening. I was watching DVDs in the '90s. Yeah. Oh no, in the I '90s, think. but not not right away in the '90s. All right. Well, what would be like? Hmm. Now I think I'm 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 really feeling like very early. Uh, 90s at best is uh, the still the end of the laserdisc uh, time. But hey, what uh, what do I know? What do I know? Indeed, a, I also yeah. <laughs> put myself in that camp because yeah. uh, time flies while you're having fun. So of course, when you look back at things, it's uh, it's hard to remember exactly when yep. things happened. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, I know you're hearing me going click click clack clack. Yeah, I guess you're looking okay. it up now. Yeah, I, I am. So here's where here's account. when DVDs came out. Boom. Uh, 1995. Okay. Yeah. That's but I. When they were in, came out, like commercially available. Really? Like, yeah, that's right. So hmm. it was developed in 1995 and released in late 1996. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And, and then, and then most later, people wouldn't have got them till 97, I think. It was late 96. Uh, probably the first person I knew with a with a DVD player was David. He he got one, and at the time we were when he got it, we were we were both asking the question: Is this going to be better than laser discs? Like because the way it sounded, it didn't sound like 
it would be an improvement visually. Of course it is, but, you know, because they're talking about how it's like, like DVDs, they are, they're compressed information and they fill in certain gaps in the, in, in the, in the bits. So when like, it's not like a complete movie that's on there. There's a lot of like guesswork that that's filled in or that fools your eyes, you know? And whereas like when you got a really good laser disc, like I have a couple of, I think I have John Woo's The Killer on, I can't remember what it's called now. There's, there's a type of laser disc where it's, you can go frame by frame through the laser disc and like see Mm -hmm. each individual frame of the movie and I think I have Snow White where you can do that as well. You can just like go through and look at each individual frame of a, or cell of animation. Um, not all laser discs were like that. Other ones were you you couldn't like you couldn't see every frame. There, there's a certain amount of skipping because your eyes, you know, your eyes and brain fill in a lot of information for you. So where when did you think uh, laser discs first came out? Well, as, and the first one was called Disco Vision. Yeah, yeah, th- those are very early on because I remember yeah. I remember my. Uh, a friend, a, a girl who was a friend when I was in grade 12, I think, maybe grade 11, maybe grade 11, grade 11 or 12, and her dad got or rented or had a Selectivision player, which was the RCA version of the okay. Laserdisc. And it came in like a plastic cartridge with the Laserdisc inside, kind of like a floppy disk, you know, like an old floppy disk, like a plastic case. And then inside was was the the Laserdisc to protect it from from damage i suppose and we got to watch sob the blake edwards film oh okay uh with a topless julie andrews yes a briefly topless julie andrews when you look at it you go is was that were those her breasts because they could have not even had her breasts and it would have made the same effect <laughs> yeah they could have been it could have been two penguins from mary poppins yes it's possible <laughs> well this is the way this the, her dress was they were singing it was so like, it is possible it was like a dual boob window her dress and so you could have just had like two fake breasts and you wouldn't have known because the way the dress was, it, it you know, it would have obscured that fact. So it was a big fuss was made of it at the time, but uh, it's rather chaste in the film. But so anyway. the answer to my question was, uh, when did they first originally come out? And, it, and the answer is 1978. That sounds about right. But, I, you know... Let's face it. How many people were? That was strictly for for video nuts at that time. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, when did you? When did your parents buy a VCR for your house? Uh, I okay. Like uh, buy a VCR, not rent yeah, a VCR. Yeah, no, no, no. I've got a I got a timeline here. Uh, <laughs> I think eighty five. Think eighty five. Okay, I'm a little earlier than that because I was in high school still when we when I was able to start taping David Letterman. And that was yeah, like they bought, it, they bought it because I was doing TV shows. Okay. So and so they would rent a machine to tape the switchback episodes I was on. Yeah. And then I think they uh, they they ended up just buying one later. And yeah, of course we'd have to rent a bunch of movies, and they'd rent something adult by mistake, <laughs> and we'd all have to watch it, and it would be uh, awful. It would be the worst experience. <laughs> and like oh, and then uh, and then you yeah. asked, "Am I wearing glasses yet?" <laughs> it, it, yeah and again I, i've mentioned this before but the movie an unmarried woman was a very rough 90 minutes for uh the family and grandma and grandpa i can imagine <laughs> yes sir probably not as bad as luna which also starred jill jill Clayburgh, where she has okay. uh, has a relationship with her son in that movie Oh, jeez. Okay. So maybe be glad that that film wasn't accidentally well, it chosen. It seems like more of a family movie than the, uh, the other one. <laughs> family that plays together. And then we watched Dragon Slayer, and it was like, oh, at mm. least this is just gory. Yeah. This is good. This is good. Well, all right. Ah, oh, it's so scary, and I don't like it, but 
it is uh, at least just terrifying not to you know, not, not emotional. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll I'll take that. That'll be fine. So I just say that because I just sort of like draw like yes, laser discs were available then, but but um, laser discs were very kind of limited in a way. But I mean, what was great about the laser disc was that the laser disc is what brought letterboxing into popular or semi-popular. Uh, you know, like up and up to that point. Well, it's partly that, and partly the the uh, adoption of widescreen televisions. Mm. Which, which when I went to England in my second trip, and that would have been in eighty nine, I guess. No, ninety one, ninety one. Yeah, we went ninety one, and everyone there had like widescreen televisions. Which here I oh. ha- didn't know a single person with that. You know what you did was you just got as big a as big a normal sized television as you could get, so the letterboxing wasn't quite as obnoxious. Right. But uh, when I was there, not only were all the television shows shown with letterboxing, like movies and stuff like that, I remember, um, well, it's maybe a bit later. But anyway, I just remember being there and yeah, there's the, all, all the TVs were wider and I just was like, oh, why, why are they ahead of us? This is crazy. Yeah, I remember um, getting the first big TV I ever got, like a big TV. Yeah. And my uh, uh, person I was, woman I was living with at the time, she said, uh, oh, I think this might be just too big. <laughs> it's too big a picture. It's not to just be like off-putting having a picture this big. And I thought, like, that's that's insanity. <laughs> that's what are you talking about? What do you What do you mean? Too big? Yeah. Like, okay. Do you ever go to a movie theater and see the movie and go like, "Whoa, what's with the size of this screen?" Yikes. Maybe, maybe they're a person who would like to sit at the very back of the theater. Possibly. You know, seriously, like I'll set up a series of mirrors. You can go outside <laughs> and just sit there and watch it. Like, oh, my gosh. Too big. Like uh, when oh, I, I once went to a, a, a semi-famous Hollywood uh, writer's house. Okay. And he, one, one room of uh, his house was a TV. And this is before flat screen TVs. Yeah. It was like the entire wall was a TV. Wow. And it was just like, yeah, there you go. That's what you want. Huh. Now, he didn't watch it. The room was full of boxes. He watched TV in the other room, but still <laughs> was like, that's the... amazing. I wonder how big that, I, there's a limit on how big tube televisions could be. I think I had mm. a 35 inch one, which was pretty, pretty large at that time. And I don't know if they could make them. I think they could make them a bit bigger than that, but not much. Just because the tube will, it'll implode if it gets too big. Like it, it, the vacuum can't, it can't handle the amount of vacuum needed to, to, to but both have the television work and, you know, have a, have a tube that big so mm. it's uh because it's basically just like a giant like a giant um well it's a cathode right but it's just like a giant light bulb right so yeah whenever people talk about uh, the difference between uh the covid virus and the spanish flu they never <laughs> mention that uh oh uh you know here's the thing about the spanish flu they didn't have netflix then like and, that, and, and that's why people always consider it much worse <laughs> The best yeah. they had was like to break out the zoetropes mm-hmm. and just like play those and like, okay, watch the horse. Oh. Ah, he's jumping. It's jumping again. It's seven o'clock. All, all of, we have a bunch of people are, are, have their car car alarms going. Now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, we have uh, some pot banging going on outside. We have <laughs> uh, birds freaking out. Birds still haven't <laughs> clued into what's going on. But uh, something, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pot banging going on out there. Nice. Good on. Let me just yeah. do this. Woo! Woo! There we go. I, yeah, I don't have there. my I don't have my car keys on me. They're in the door of the shop. <laughs> I, was like, I guess I could. I don't know if I could set my. I don't know if I could uh, trigger the alarm from here though. Well, let me just say this: uh, shoot a gun out the window. Good idea. In which direction? 
Uh, oh, uh, for good luck, uh, north. <laughs> Always shoot north. Do you know when uh, people fire guns in the air that the bullets have to come back down again? I, I hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, we're shooting bullets into space, and that gun is too powerful. People have been killed. People powerful. have been killed that way. Mm-hmm. Not... But honestly, how have people not been killed? <laughs> like, name a thing and that has not killed. I'm just a... saying it's an odd, it's an a odd thing to celebrate. Well, many people have been killed by marshmallows. It's true. So okay, true. like we anything, should, we, should, we should ban. We should ban marshmallows. Um. They're quite delicious. I'm, I'm all well, for I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry you're going to miss miss them then, but yeah. apparently they're unsafe. What else did you say? So, glue, glue sticks? Ban yeah, them. Sticks, Ban glue sticks. Glow sticks. Don't need them. Glow sticks can go. We don't. People don't go to raves anymore. We don't need glow sticks. And uh, from from uh, uh, playing Clue, candlesticks. <laughs> candlesticks. Get, get rid of those. All the time. Get rid of those. We we don't have candlesticks. We just use a bowl if it, the power goes out. Put a candle uh, in a bowl. It's fine. Here's here's a question I have uh, for you, Dave. You're a smart fellow. Uh, solve this mystery. Let's not get carried away, but all right. I'll okay. give it a try here. Why is a uh, clue called Cluedo in uh, the UK? That's a good question. Um, because in the early iterations of the game, there was a wrestling aspect involved as well. And so it was a combination of judo and clue. Mm. Cluedo. Okay, so, you use your murder yeah. against a person. Yeah, you just use that energy. Yeah, that's sense. Right, that's right. I just wonder because they. I mean, it's not like they have the word Cluedo is a is a word. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's it, what's that all about, Alfie? That's what I ask. <laughs> Everyone asks Alfie that. Yeah. What's it all about, Alfie? Um, uh, every every day we do the 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 kind of pub quiz, the little uh, quiz that Jimmy Carr does. And yeah, they had a Cluedo question the other day. And okay. it just reminded me of like, oh yeah, that whole Clue Cluedo thing. What's the deal? So let me just turn that Was over the movie to our... Clue called Cluedo in England? I, I doubt it because I think it's just, uh, yeah, I, I doubt it. But, but it's based on the game though, right? This is very true. So it probably was uh, called Cluedo. I, I bet Otherwise you people wouldn't but... have known what it was. They would have been like, I don't know what, what's this movie Clue about? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, probably the most successful board game movie. Wait, I wonder. I wonder if Battleship did better than Clue. Well, in England, Battleship Doe is probably the most popular <laughs> popular game there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Anyone out there know why uh, it's Cluedo and not Clue, and uh, what's the reason for that? Uh, let us know. I know you do know this because uh, our <laughs> listeners are very uh, clever, yeah. and I'm sure, and also have access probably to the internet, <laughs> which we don't. Which I can't really use without uh, going clickety clack clack. Yeah, yeah. Tiny typewriter that I use when I uh, when I check stuff out, oh, and I'm trying to be respectful. I keep forgetting that that's what you have. That uh, P has yeah. a P has an old fashioned styled typewriter keyboard for her computer. It's nice. It feels good. It slows yeah. you down when you're writing. <laughs> I did. Uh, this is my dumb thing of the day. Yeah. Um. I uh, I applied for a CBC thing. There's a CBC thing. They got, which is like, uh, they call it something like, uh, they were like, oh, we'll help you out, brother, or some some kind of shit like that. Anyway, uh, but one of the okay. things they've got is uh, they're um, giving money away uh, for uh, playwrights who come up with, and it's weird because you think like, it looks like they're asking for plays, but they're not. They're asking for like 30 minute, an hour long uh, shows that are uh based on i guess you know ideas but it doesn't have to be based on a play yeah but they're looking for playwrights to write these things so i i gave them a pitch 
and uh, and I filled everything out and I gave my resume and all the things. And at the end of it, I went like, hey, I didn't mention the plays I wrote. Hey, they, hey genius. Good job. <laughs> I can't do any like do-overs now. So ah, good on me. But, and I was thinking about like what this was about. Silly. It's a weird thing. Like we're looking for playwrights to come up with an idea for a TV show. Yeah. And then I went like, oh, shit, it's uh, Kim's Convenience. They're looking for the next Kim's Convenience because that was a play. Oh. A sitcom. So they're looking for another one of those. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. there you go. And and, th- and what they can do with that is then go like, hey, this is a very well-reviewed hit play. Mm. We can make a show out of it. Yeah. And we don't have to think and figure out for ourselves and figure out whether it's good or not. Yeah. Excellent. Someone else will tell us it's good. <laughs> Lovely. That's That's real CBC thinking right there. Yeah, uh, and can we charge people to watch it in a mm-hmm. theater before before we film it? Can we also do that? Oh, did they do that with Kim's Convenience? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I just that's their that's their ideal radio show though is one that okay. they can charge people to watch and then also play it on the radio. I guess I guess the uh, I guess in England they did that with Fleabag. You know they. Uh, they they recorded the play yeah and then they had they you know you went to the movie theater and you could watch the play in the movie theater and then you watch it as a tv series like later <laughs> on as well so i guess they have done that but was it so, it was a play before it was a tv series it was a one person show yeah, yeah before it was yeah. a tv series uh though uh and i don't want, without spoiling it uh they fix uh something in the play but in the tv series that i thought was like that is a good change to make huh. and when we watched it in the the, the play uh, in the in the in the movie theater, uh, my wife had to kind of walk out because it was just such a disturbing scene, huh. and I was like, "Yeah, this is uh, it's too bad. It's too bad we went down this road." But uh, I think like between the play you and can't the tell teenage... us though, eh? you don't want to give that spoilers. I no, guess. I don't want I don't want to because it's kind of a climactic moment. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but it, it, but they did something in the in the play that they do not do in the TV series, and it's like, yeah, exactly. No one wants that, and it's like, there you go. It's one of those things like. Uh, how they fixed the end of Clerks, you know, and the, the final scene in Clerks originally was yeah. the guy yeah. got shot. Yeah. And it's now it's a dramatic ending. And they it's didn't real, do that. man. It's real. That's right. It's an art house ending. Yeah. Instead, uh, they didn't. And they went more upbeat and <laughs> it's happy. And then, you know, Kevin Smith works for a million years and everything's fine. And you get infinite spinoffs of that weird little indie movie and you're like how could that be possible and a cartoon <laughs> and how many comic books what the hell uh but yeah it was the so, right move yeah sometimes yeah. sometimes that's the best thing i wonder if that was someone else who said you know what you know what you should do here's an idea i know you're trying to be edgy but this movie is not about edge this is a fun it's a good time movie we don't want it to end on a downer yeah we like these characters we don't want to see yeah uh, that was that that ending to me that that's a good example of like an unearned you know negative ending to a film like yes where it just comes out of the blue and there's no warning and it's just kind of like oh, it's life and you're like yeah that is life but it's not really part of life that you want to watch <laughs> so maybe one of the maybe weirdest not do that yeah one of the weirdest movies like that was uh, again back in the eighties and I wasn't watching this on laserdisc as I should have been <laughs> select division. But- but I would, uh, being a teenage uh, fellow, yeah. I would rent uh, these movies that would have nudity in them, uh, and uh, the Good idea was usually, yeah, it was a teen, a teen yeah. who was having trouble uh, yeah, consummating in a relationship, yeah. and uh, went through all sorts of shenanigans, yeah. the hopes of doing that. And one of the movies was called The Last American Virgin, okay. and uh, it's pretty much what you expect it to be. 
except it's got a very dramatic ending, like very dramatic downer kind of ending. Okay. And you're like, what? It's got a, it's so art house. And he's just driving away sadly at the end. And sad music plays. And I'm like, what am I watching? Yeah. What's this? Holy moly. And, uh, and I wonder if, uh, not to be too crass, if uh, very few uh, fellows who rented this movie ever got to the ending. <laughs> it was just like, because oh, no, one, can, no one else complains about it. Yeah, it's like it's like. Uh, what'd you think? You watched that porno movie? Yes, I did. How about that ending? Hmm. You know, the end, <laughs> the last scene in the movie. What? You know? You, do you know what I'm talking about? Not at all. <laughs> I, but let's I have talk a favorite scene in that movie. Minutes of it. Yeah, let's that's... talk about that first 15 minutes. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, I wanted to say thank you to uh, our listener. Oh, Gavin you're welcome. Pitts. Oh, sorry. oh, there you go. Uh, to our listener, Gavin Pitts. Uh, speaking of uh, happy endings and uh, such things, because uh, we were talking last week about horror movies. Yes, we were. And, uh, and which ones had happy endings. So Gavin gave us five uh, to get us started on horror movies with happy endings. Okay. So here we go. Uh, Halloween H2O, which I mentioned. Okay. Uh, Suspiria, which I have not seen, but you've seen. Very good movie. Uh, would you say that's a happy ending at Suspiria? It's an ending. Okay. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's one of those movies that just sort of stops. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? This, like it could go on, the... but it just ends and you're like, okay. But, it, we're talk- but I guess it's a happy, stuff. it's a happy ending, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's... the remake, not the redo. Just the, uh, both, both have happy endings. Uh, the remake, uh, the remake, the ending is more uh, nuanced than the, than the Argentino one or Argento one. Okay. The Argentinian one. <laughs> the Argent Argento one. Yeah, the Argento one is just very kind of like straight ahead, whereas whereas the, the, the remake is a much more nuanced film and not necessarily it ends in kind of a gray kind of a neutral way, I guess I would describe it. All right, fair enough. Uh also uh, arachnophobia. Okay. Yeah, that's I'd give you that. That's a happy okay. ending. Okay. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not 100 percent sure who that movie was for, but fair enough. I mean, it was for Gavin. He likes. Uh, uh, I was not going to say bugs, Gavin. Gavin, I wasn't saying bugs. Uh, you know what I was going to. You know those. Uh, they know the thing and they crawl. Spiders. Um, sure. So you're looking for. Is that the word you're looking for? Or, no, or... I'm trying to look at something like he likes. He likes insects. Yes. Uh, but uh, of course, a spider is not an insect. It's an it arachnid. Not. But it is not. to say he likes arachnids sounds wrong. If you're someone who enjoys insects and arachnids and that whole thing, yeah. But you don't want to say they like bugs because that's uh, not a good word to use. Apparently, okay. uh, what do you what do you say? He enjoys those. You know, he those like, guys. He does, well, what do you say? He's a he's a fan of insects. Well, yeah, but they're not an insect. The uh, spider. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that's, that's the a problem. Good, that's a good point, isn't it? Well, how about he's a fan of of insects and spiders? Okay, or how about, you know what I... or how about he likes bugs? No, we can't say bugs. That's the problem. Eh, that's a, well, this is the that... root of the problem. No, no, is that's... you mentioned bugs. That is not our. That is not our problem. Up. That is not our problem. You know what I think we should do? We should yeah. do this thing where yeah. we ask ask him, uh, "What do you like to say that you're a fan of?" And then he'll tell us, and then we'll actually know. Okay. That I think is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, the other two, uh, Jaws. Okay. It's a happy ending unless you're one of the people who got eaten. Yeah, it's pretty well, that's good. Well, it's the same with all those movies. Yeah. It'd be interesting if uh, Quint There's a, uh, had oh. a big family at home. Yeah. And like uh, all like uh, when you see the final scene, which I, I didn't see until the last time I saw the movie, and I've seen it many times. I didn't I didn't see over the credits that uh, that uh, they, they swim up to the beach 
like the, the, the them swimming to shore and you actually see them reach shore. I never saw that before. Yeah. And and my wife said, Hey, look, they're swimming to shore. And I'm like, Oh geez, I never saw that. But it'd be nice if like Quint's family's on the beach and it's like a huge family. It's just like, where's daddy? I'm like, Oh, I got some bad news. Uh, how'd he die? Uh, was it, was it peacefully mm, in pieces? Yes. It was very <laughs> peace. There's a lot of pieces for sure. That's how Papa, Papa died. Um, and finally evil dead too. Evil Dead 2. Well, Which I don't think it's a happy ending necessarily. Yeah, he ends up trapped in another dimension. I, I think when you've got a character who is looking up at the sky and screaming no, <laughs> it's hard to call that a happy ending. I mean, I, I mean, I, I suppose the argument is that, that he defeated the evil, even though he got swallowed up into and and cast back backwards in time or into another dimension or whatever happens to him. But he did defeat the the evil the evil thing or whatever the the, the entity. That's true. So I suppose that is a happy ending. Because, I mean, The Exorcist ends with, with, you know, it doesn't really end happily, but it ends with it ends with a person cured, but it doesn't necessarily end happily. It kind of... Well, it know, ends someone with... Makes, uh, someone makes a sacrifice in order for them, you know, like... To, but they made the sacrifice they wanted to make. The outcome yeah. was uh, what they wanted it to be. And they saved the soul of the little girl. Here's the true happy... And here's the true happy ending of a horror film. So you see the monster... Mm-hmm. And he comes stepping out of the screen, the baby in the movie, and then a bus hits him, runs him over, and then that's it. There's, that's the only happy ending you can have in a, in a horror movie. Because really, your happy ending is just the fact that someone stopped this murdering thing at some point in, in its murder spree. So you're like, well, you know, I guess I guess that's happy, but it's also, you know, also blood of other people laying around in the trail of this thing. I think this is how you get a happy ending out of a horror movie. Yeah. Watch the movie, yeah. and you get on side with the monster. <laughs> That's who you're rooting for, and you're rooting for the monster. Yeah. And you're just going, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to be on board with this guy. Sure, sure. And let's see, I'm on board with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, I think yeah. this monster. I like him. I like what he's doing. I like where he's going. Yeah, uh, I'm all for him. <laughs> and so, yeah, you just uh, go on board. He has some good ideas. I don't agree with everything he's doing. No, no, I'm not but, 100%. I'm not endorsing everything. Yeah, I know, I'm just but, saying it's nice to have someone yeah. who uh, you know, yeah, does what he believes he's in. He's honest. He's a straight, for, he's he's a straight, straight shooter. Straight shooter. And he's yeah. honest about what he's doing. And, you know. He's in shape. You can't say he's not in shape. <laughs> he's good on land yeah. and under sea. Sure, sure. You know how you defeat the creature from the Black Lagoon? Get him into a plane. That would just confuse the guy. <laughs> like, you wake, he wakes up in a passenger seat of an airplane yeah. and just looks around like, shit, where am I? <laughs> Where's the looks water? Out the window. Yeah. And then outside the window, it's William Shatner looking in on it. Like, what the? <laughs> and no one believes William Shatner is on the plane. Yeah. And he's like, what? What is it? And all the other uh, people are just what's going on? It's like, uh, William Shatner's out there. <laughs> no. And he looks out there and it's John Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just liking the idea of that creature that's in in the actual movie sitting in its seat and th- and looking out and seeing John Lithgow. <laughs> I like that a lot too. <laughs> trying to tell people he's like dressed in a suit, you know. There's a actor that's on the plane wing and he's trying to tear it apart. Yeah. Listen, again, you listen, you misshapen monkey-like creature. Once again, the funniest scene in in, in uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Was uh was John Lithgow and William Shatner and uh, William Shatner having a flight and John Lithgow meeting him and it's like how was your flight and William Shatner is like it was uh, it was good except for a second I thought I saw something on the wing of the plane and John Lithgow goes that happened to me <laughs> and then they someone distracts them and they go they go off I'm like ah oh, that's a fantastic joke 
Oh, delightful! Well played, everybody. <laughs> those are two wow. good. Those are two good actors for that for that role. Bo- mm-hmm. Both consummate hams. Yeah, I'm not sure how many uh, Twilight Zones William Shatner did, but it feels like he did uh, a couple. Is that right? I only remember that one. Was he in Thanks. one? Was he in one like a kind of one that was about don't fear the other? <laughs> <laughs> don't fear the what the other that's that's just my, always my go-to moral of uh twilight zone yeah it, it pretty much it pretty much is let's see so uh i am going to do a little click clack oh, okay. just to get you can the, click and clack away there i am gonna how many times was william shatner on the twilight zone uh <laughs> two episodes yeah merit twenty thousand feet and another one called nick of time okay. nick of time okay. i don't re- i don't remember what the nick of time always oh, say nick of time uh was a uh here here's uh what it, what happens yeah uh it's about oh it was telling me too much information there <laughs> a male member of a honeymoon team en route to the ohio countryside in new york uh and one oh it just went away then <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know i guess listeners okay oh uh, dear okay here we go oh, here's wait. the opening narration here's okay. the thing uh, uh the hand belongs to mr don s carter male member of a honeymoon team en route to the Ohio countryside. To what is New a York honeymoon City. team? Uh, well, I guess it's a, a man and a wife. Uh, no, no, then. no one calls them a honeymoon team. In one moment, they will be subjected to a gift most humans never receive in a lifetime. For one penny, they will be able to look into the future. Oh. The time is now. The place is a little diner in Ridgeview, Ohio. Yeah. And what this young couple doesn't realize is that this town happens to lie on the outskirts of the Twilight Zone. Do, 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 do. Uh, By the way, this this tangents quite well into something we were going to talk about. Okay, but let, just look up honeymoon team for me since you're clicking and clacking away there. Honeymoon I'm, team. Yeah. Okay. Because that doesn't make any sense to me. No one, unless it's some old term that I, I never heard. I never heard a honeymoon honeymooners okay. described as a honeymoon team. All right, honeymoon team. Uh, okay. No, nothing immediately comes up. The honeymoon concierge comes up. Yeah. Honey, that's honeymoon weird. team. Uh, honeymoon team. Nope. Not a thing. No, nope. not a thing just at all. Being clever. Weird. Maybe he's trying to make it happen, and it just didn't uh, end up happening. That phrase. <laughs> Is there really time for neologisms in the middle of your middle of your introduction to Twilight Zone? Yeah, I guess I, I guess not. That's uh, that's too bad. <laughs> now I want to see what the opening narration was for uh, for uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. Okay, here we go. Portrait of a frightened man, mm. Mr. Robert Wilson, thirty-seven, husband, father. Yeah. And salesman on sick leave. Mr. Wilson has just been discharged from a sanitarium or he spent the last six months recovering from a nervous breakdown. Oh. The onset took place on an evening not dissimilar to this one on an airliner very much like the one in which Mr. Wilson is about to be flown home. The difference being that on that evening half a year ago, Mr. Wilson's flight was terminated by the onslaught of um, his mental breakdown tonight. He's traveling all the way to his appointed destination, which, contrary to Mr. Wilson's plan, happens to be in the darkest corner of... Is it the Twilight Zone? The Outer Limits. (laughs) Well, this is weird. Now that they're saying that, it sounds like he's stuck in a loop. It does, isn't it? Because he got taken at the end that he was taken back to the sanitarium. Yeah. yeah. And it just keeps going back and back and back. And it makes you wonder, like, there are still trains in those days. Why not just take the train? Yeah, quite frankly. Yeah, you don't learn, have a lot of train gremlins. Learn your lesson. There's <laughs> a lot of train gremlins, that's right. No, you don't really hear that. You hear like no. uh, airplane gremlins. And, yeah, yeah. And then what? Now, last week we were talking about um, uh, Fantasy Island. I don't remember that. And we, and we gave, well, we were, and we gave our uh, listeners some homework if they wanted to do it. Yeah. But here's what, 
here's what I'm thinking. Here's my here's my theory about Fantasy Island right now. Sure. It doesn't align with the uh, movie Fantasy Island or anything like this, but my theory is this. Yeah. That uh, the Twilight Zone yeah. and Fantasy Island okay. are basically the same uh, location. Uh. It's just the people in Fantasy Island are uh, choosing their own uh, Twilight Zone. Because it's still the same ironic endings and learning lessons, but you are allowed to leave the Fantasy Island Twilight Zone. Whereas the Twilight Zone just like throws you into it and uh, you're stuck there. Probably. Maybe you might be able to make it out. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But both of them are uh, uh, there's something someone wants and then it all goes flippity gibbity dib and taken to the extreme. And there's like uh, demons and there's uh, scary things and there's haunted dolls. And it's like all the same shit is in the Twilight Zone as in Fantasy Island. It's just, you know, uh, fantasy, uh, Twilight Zone only has one story. There's one thing. That's good. Uh, too many stories in the Twilight Zone. I'm oh, sorry, in Fantasy Island. But, uh, yeah, and, here, it's the here's, same, it's, and here's the other problem. Place. Here's the other difference between them. One of those shows is way better written than the other. That's true. And I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. have is... a fellow in a suit who knows everything. Like if Mr. Rourke uh, ran into Rod Serling, <laughs> uh, they have a lot to talk about. They probably like ah, I know you. Yeah, you. Do, we do the same thing. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they were related. Those. So you characters. don't you don't just think of Rod Serling as like a person introducing the program. You you think he's an actual person from the Twilight Zone. Well, he is. Uh, what what Rourke does with tattoo yeah. is like he'll go, "Hey, tattoo, let me tell you, there's a fellow here, and his one dream is this. Yeah, but he's going to find out that dream might be." A nightmare tattoo, and and that's basically what uh, what Rod Serling goes like. You know, he'll say that in a more clever. He'll use like honeymoon team or some phrase like that. <laughs> that tattoo, go, what's that mean, boss? I was like, well, it's just the saying. People, have, I don't think it's a saying at all, boss. Well, tattoo, why don't you fuck? Why don't you? Why don't you get off my back? It's how uh, it's how people describe a pair of honeymooners going on their trip. No one calls them a team. No one. No one says that, boss. No one calls him that bus. <laughs> Wait, is he is ta- is it tattoo there or is it that I'm doing is, tattoo right now? Is it uh, that guy? Is that guy who helped the hearts? Oh, I was watching that last night. Heart to oh, heart. That's this guy. He's yeah. got a higher thing. Yeah. Tattoo when he's, he's, he got, he's he got blacklisted from Hollywood. So his oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Lionel something, right? Yeah, that's right. He's uh, in. He, uh, he's in Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. He's a journal. He's a reporter in in Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Well, if you're uh, if you're in Canada, uh, I am in CTV, Canada. CTV Throwback, uh, which is free, yeah, has all the heart to heart episodes. So uh, knock yourself out <laughs> and enjoy all of those if you can tolerate them. <laughs> I was just gonna say, after watching Fantasy Island, I have no interest in returning to that to that section of the CTV thingy. No, that's fine. Yeah, you know, go, go back and watch some Barney Millers. Those those hold uh, up. Those hold nice. up. Okay. Oh, that's good to yeah. know. Um, did the, you base, ever... the baseline holds up. Doom, doom, oh, so good. Did you ever watch uh, the SCTV parody of Fantasy Island that they did? I'm with, sure uh, I did. John Candy. Oh, it's it's actually one that I remember as being like, oh, how the hell did they do that? Huh. Um, so it's Eugene Levy as Mr. Rourke, yeah. which he would do Mr. Rourke doing the Corinthian leather. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Stuff. He was good. Yeah. But they had John Candy. Uh, shot in uh, as as he was small as tattoo, but he <laughs> would just go. He would go off about like uh, the chicks 
and how all these hot chicks are on the island. And then he'd just start rubbing himself. Like, just start rubbing his legs and just get closer and closer to his groin. And it's just, <laughs> Mr. Rourke is just looking over horrified. He's like, oh, the chicks, boss. Oh, I love the chicks. And like, tattoo. That's good. That was the NBC uh, SETV. I guess so. That's why they were able to do in in camera effects because uh, there's no money, no money when they were doing the uh, CBC one. No, when they're out of Edmonton, no. Well, the first season of NBC was out of Edmonton, then they moved back to Toronto. Okay. They said, you know what? You know where we don't want to be? Edmonton. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they did. Which is too bad because Edmonton's a sort of place where, yeah, it's it's. I mean, especially in those days, I'm sure it was just like a wasteland, but but. It's a place where you have nothing else to do but make your show. Mm. And so your show is going to be really good. There's nothing to distract you there. There's no friends around. There's nowhere you're, you know, there's no like great night spots. I mean, sure, there was some okay night spots. They had the, they had a hockey team in town. Those guys right. need a place to go, drink a few brewskis. But, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I remember, I, I don't, because the, in um, the first season of NBC, uh, there's Andrew Martin's character, the, the children's television host. You remember Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Falbo's Tiny Town? That's right. That's right. Yeah. There's a one where she goes outside and she drives like this incredible like must, 69 Mustang or something like this big, real fancy muscle car. And she backs mm-hmm. out of the driveway and had, it had Alberta plates. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. And that was when they're in NBC. So, so there. Yeah. Ev- it's, uh, Mrs. Falbo's Tiny Town. Come on in and hang around. We'll have fun. Just wait and see. Now close your eyes and follow me. Yeah, with yeah. John, John Candy was great in that as well. So good. <laughs> Oh, what was his name? In I don't remember. I'm sorry, this is all. Uh, oh, that bugs me. Years and years. I have not watched any of these episodes. Any of those episodes? Well, not very yeah. many of those episodes since it was originally aired. So it's been a long time for me. Yeah, Miss. Listen, people talk a lot about uh, uh, you know uh, what's 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 her name? Um, uh, you know, uh, character in the leopard skin. Uh, you know what I'm oh, talking Edith, about. Edith Prickley. Edith Prickley. And that's all well and good. It's a very good character. But I will take 10 Mrs. Falbos, you know. <laughs> how about Edna, how about Edna Boyle? Prickley. I do like an Edna Boyle. She has got a very <laughs> weird, disturbed... I would watch a King of the Hill-type animated series with uh, Ted and Edna Boyle. Is it Ted and Edna Boyle? I don't I think, think it's Ted, but yeah. Uh, something in Edna Boyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, played yeah. The, he played the organ in the... yeah. Oh, what's his name? Oh, well. The Bon Tempe organ. I love, uh, yeah, I love SCTV more. Sorry, everyone. We're kind of probably sense. boring you with our memories of SCTV. Uh, but, you know, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> we're boring. It's a pandemic. You know, listen, we're all yeah. we're all in a yeah. weird space and we're all, everyone's having weird dreams and we're all talking about the past. Mm. It's fine. It's okay. the way it's going to be. All right. I'll accept that. I want to say it's Ted and Edna Boyle. Oh, you could I be got, right. You could be right. I got to look Ted this is... up now. <laughs> Uh, I just remember uh, the, the them piggies are greasy. I remember that so much. Tex, Tex and Edna Boyle. There you go. So close, Tex and Edna Boyle. Absolutely. He wore a cowboy hat. That's why he was te- right. Okay, now Dave, I think we got to get. We this highly out. recommend if you wondering what we're talking about. If you go to YouTube, you can find a plethora of SCTV sketches and. Just, but, but much like Kids in the Hall, Monty Python, do not start with season one. Or you'll go, are you out of your mind? <laughs> What's so great about that? Although there's some good stuff in there. But yeah. It's a tough, it's, it's a tough road. It's a little tougher, yeah. Yeah. This, a lot... All the sets are shaken. <laughs> uh, you know, you get the occasional uh, undercover RCMP officer with uh, Harold Ramis. 
but there's a lot of uh i, I like how i liked held rumors a lot on that on that season so i did too but he was always laughing like mo, he couldn't mo green uh what's that mo green mo green yeah uh but uh the problem was they were doing a lot of sketches from the old uh yeah from the stage City the stage, stage stuff, yeah same problem kids in the hall had yeah. same problem you know so many people have it's yeah. like we're going to do our greatest hits. And it's like, no, you got to code did the same thing. Yeah. Medium you're in. Okay. Let's get this out of the way and talk about fantasy Island, Dave. All right. Okay. We I promised did, we'd I, do it. I did watch it. Okay. And I, I want to, I want to thank you sincerely for, uh, for that experience. <laughs> the, now, what I'd like to say is the bill is in the mail. Yeah, very good. It, it scared you as a youngin. I can see that. It like, did scare me, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it did scare me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you... I think it's well. I think I think that sequence is. I don't think it's great, but I think there's elements of it that are well done. There's other elements of it that are very that are pure hokum. And I definitely, you know, watching it was actually quite good for me actually because it, what it did was it erased all nostalgia I've ever had for any any television before 1990. <laughs> it's um. Besides SCTV, it's it's very it's oh it's just it's just awful. Can you can you since you're there and you're click clacking away, can you look up? I think that was season two. Can you look up what year that was? Like what year? It was 1978. 1978. Okay, yeah. So I thought it was November ahead of fourth 1978. Mm-hmm. So 1978, I would have been in grade five, grade five. So grade six somewhere around in there so i was pretty young so i'm going to forgive myself for that what's what's more interesting to me about that that show or that that particular episode is that i don't know where my youngest brother was but my 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 next younger brother the middle brother in the family he he was he was going down to seattle to be billeted with a a soccer player from seattle or from the environs in seattle one of those areas around there and so my mom and dad and i went down and we stayed in a hotel and he billeted with a with a with I think I got the better end of the deal there, but he billeted with some guy with a, some with a fellow soccer player, and I got to stay in a hotel and I got to go swimming, which we didn't know there was a, a pool, so I swam in my underwear, which kind of looked like a bathing suit because it was you know like a briefs is that what they call them bikini briefs or whatever, so it looked sure. you know looked it looked acceptable it was fine no one and there was, there was a, like no you one were was wearing there. a thong yeah you were I was thong. wearing my my thong it was a common thing that kids wore in those days sure. And so I remember that very much. And then I also remember that my dad, and, and, and that, it's hard to believe now, but there was a time when you couldn't get Frito chips in like the, just the regular Fritos here in, in, in Canada. They didn't. Well, you, uh, they, they had them in the stores, but they were all stolen by the Frito Bandito. <laughs> That's a problem. He operated in solely in Canada. Heist. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever we would go to the States, my dad would always buy Fritos because he, he used to like, you know, he used, when he lived in the States, he, I guess he ate them then. He, so he always bought them when we went down there so so we were eating fritos frito chips and we were watching fantasy island and then and then we watched this very terrifying thing on fantasy island to me as a as a little kid it was it was quite scary uh and i think the most scary thing is the clown because the clown they made his eyes he has no eyes he just has like blue bulbs for eyes basically like blue just you know and so it's very scary i, I still find that kind of creepy now like the banana splits animals i find i think there's creepy i don't see any like appeal to them because there's no motion or movement to their faces they're just like these kind of blank uh and those are things those are things like i always find it scary if if someone doesn't turn around for a long time in a movie like say someone was talking to someone and they just kept looking out a window and you only see their back and they don't turn around for a long time to me that spells like no good 
Like nothing yeah. good's going to happen. They're going to turn around and something, something bad's going on. And so I find that scary. And I just find like the, a frozen, like a featureless expression or, or a thing like that scary. And that, cl that clown kind of like has that element to it. Let me let me say the problem here with the banana splits uh, horror movie that they made. Which I don't I know. I didn't. Seen, I haven't seen it either. But you tell me what the problem is. Is the, the banana banana splits are more terrifying than any possible monster? Well, that's the thing. That'd it's be like, my opinion. The banana splits. Yeah. You like? Yeah, they're creepy looking. So what are you gonna do? They're murderers. Yeah. Well, then fuck off. Like that's just too easy, right? It's too easy. What you need is the banana splits yeah. and a horror movie. Yeah. But the banana splits are the only ones who can save you. And and the ones that did not get the job as the banana splits, the rejects, yeah. the ones that auditioned and failed, those are the ones that are now going to try and attack the studio yeah. and start murdering people. And the banana splits, these creeps are the only ones who are on your side. That would be <laughs> the way. And they still do like, you know, sound like themselves and snork and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that would be a good thing. But it's like. This this is the problem with the with the and I'm getting a little ahead of myself with the fantasy island thing is uh, as soon as she goes into the nightmare house first of all you called it nightmare house okay <laughs> then they look at all the dolls everything's creepy the clown's already creepy everything's creepy and then it just gets creepier and creepier and then it gets bananas and then there's like a skull that's exploding and it's just like yeah there's no there's no point of breath where you can go oh well I guess I'm okay now oh I'm not it's just everything is immediately ah, forever and it's just it doesn't work you know you need to balance it out for it to be creepy a clown's scary because a clown shouldn't be scary yeah that's why it's scary when it when something goes wrong yeah but if you start the clown as creepy well then where's it gonna go it's gotta like you know be screaming at you and, and then you end up with it and now we got to have it have spider legs and it's an alien that it opens its face and it's got uh, lights that will uh, terrify. It's like, fuck off. It's enough. <laughs> but all right. So, um, so well, okay. I'm just going to say what, what you're okay. saying is, is interesting, but I will honestly say that as a kid, it was very scary to me watching it now as an, as an adult, it was not at all frightening. So, you know, it's just a, yeah, you're right. It's just a series of things. But yeah, let's go. Let's go from the beginning of the show. All right. Now, you're, we're, are we just talking about the nightmare one? We're not no, talking about the other. Two? Let's talk about the other two. I think I think those are also interesting. Okay, so we got three. I plots. mean, interesting in that they're not interesting. Right. Here's the three plots. Yeah. There's one. Let the good times roll. And yes. uh, and this one, uh, there's a fellow Paul Sand. Yeah. Uh, Paul Sand, uh, famous uh, improviser. Is he a famous uh, improviser? Very, very, very good in The Hot Rock with Robert Redford and George Segal. Very, George very Siegel. good uh, in an episode of The Carol Burnett Show. Yes, very yeah. good in that as well. I remember that's right. Those are the only places I've ever seen him before seeing him in this. I didn't know he was in this episode because I don't remember anything about it except for the clown part of the dream. And he's got, uh, like, he, he misses the old days when he used to be king of the strip. That's right. He's, like, driving up and down the strip, and the bad guy in it is uh, Danny Bonaducci, uh, <laughs> just a little bit out of the Partridge family, and he's yeah. got a bit of a punk. And his, he's got a friend who's really a, yeah, yeah, boss, yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. Uh, doofus, uh, who really takes a lot of shit from Paul Sand to the point where Paul Sand is not a good guy in that. Um, and the, the doofus guy... I believe is uh, was the second lead in a sitcom called C CPO Sharky with uh, Don Rickles and oh, the is big that guy from? Okay. tiny tiny uh, sergeant uh, Don Rickles is always looking up at the big guy and is like he's so tall he's so short <laughs> yeah how many seasons one yeah I agree all right <laughs> call it you hockey puck so that's plot one plot two is the nightmare one where 
a uh, young woman is uh, is uh, newlywed. Uh, yeah. She's kind of on a honeymoon team situation. <laughs> <laughs> so they is call them. So they call them. You've been uh, you've she, been yoked together. But she's been having a nightmare. It's a reference and to so a team she, of oxen. But she never gets to the end of the nightmare, and she wants to get to the end of the nightmare, yeah. and then she'll probably be uh, okay. Yeah, that's where we're gonna go. Yeah. And the other one is called the Tiger. Yeah. And this one, uh, Darren McGavin. Yes. Is Kolchak the uh, hunter? Uh, who's going, uh, he is a Hemingway esque writer. Yes, who wants to hunt a, a tiger uh, in India and like yeah. uh, bullies the you know people uh, to to help him. <laughs> He's like, we don't want to do that because you're going to die. Well, I guess you're a bunch of cowards. Yeah, that's now. weird. We're going to do that. And then first time out, uh, one of them almost dies. He's going to like <laughs> shoot the tiger and doesn't shoot the tiger. Freezes. And the tiger's just making a big meal of the guy's face. He freezes. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's a real, and and then you know it doesn't feel as guilty about that as I think he really should. <laughs> he does. That's his job. Okay. You know. So, uh, so to break down the plot of uh, let the good times roll. Uh, I mean, yeah, here's the thing: if you yeah. took your car into a shop to get it fixed, yes, and while it's being repaired, the car rolled off something and it, it crushed a person. Would yes. you feel guilty for that? No, it's not your fault. The same thing. This guy is he's this guy is like a, his job is to like take people around looking for tigers. Okay, but he got what attacked by a tiger. Yeah, it's no one's the, it's no one's fault. Yes, yes, it is because like it would be like if a guy went like, uh, "I want you to repair my car." Yeah. No, because last time uh, the car rolled down the hill and killed a guy. And I'm not. What are you, do a chicken? What are some kind of chicken? Yeah. What are you, a big uh, coward? I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Oh, it rolled down the hill. Hey, could you stop the car from rolling down the hill since you've got the stopping the car rolling down the hill stick? No, no, I'm no, I scared. Can't. I can't. I'm no, too, I can't. I'm too scared to go near oh, my car. No. Ran, ran the, over his face. The last person to go near that car got run over. I'm not going anywhere near it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, exactly. it's a weird. It's a. They're all weird, by the way. They're all weird. All of them are That's just. They're all the unappealing, and, and all, all the stories are weird. Like, okay, so the first one, the Paul Sand one. Yeah. With Marianne Mobley, who I have no idea who she is. I. But I saw her but name. I saw her name in the credits, and I went, "Oh, that name sounds familiar." But then, yeah. Uh, yeah so in the story, Paul Paul Sand playing uh, this guy playing like a f- <laughs> who Paul Sand, sure, great actor, but really his 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 forte was playing the hangdog loser. Yes, that, that's his character. That's the thing. He's not King of the Strip, and there's no way that by calling him King of the Strip. Giving him a red James Dean like jacket, giving him a fancy custom hot rod car, none of those things will make him seem anything more like the king of the strip than if you. Well, the only thing you do to make him is put a different actor in that role. I, I don't know why they hired him. He has more facial expressions per second in in that in that show than any any actor I've ever seen in my life. Like he oh, goes he's trying from, to act is yeah, it's oh, a terrible script, and he is trying his best. He's grimacing. Good acting. Grimacing, raising the eyebrows, blinking, squinting. Well, doesn't it help oh. that uh, Mr. Rourke, like about every, uh, you know, every five minutes is going, you know, he was king of the street. <laughs> I know that he shows like, up in the diner. With, your with dream tattoos. is, of course, to be king of the street. And I think you would find you are now king of the street. To, to be You're honest, right. besides the, um, the besides the initial encounter, or initial like thing between Tattoo and, and Mr. Rourke, Besides that, which was really strange, because Tattoo is very interested in horos- horoscope suddenly, and, and I, then he doesn't care at all. And Rourke is like, "Don't only did he not care? He's like aggressively <laughs> angry about it." 
boss, I've been looking up horoscopes. What, you idiot? <laughs> it's just like, why, why are you so mad? Like, I understand Calm down. Now. You're on a if fantasy this... island. If you want to believe in a fantasy idea exactly. like horoscopes, go along with it, dum-dum. freaking world is magic. I'll make what everyone's you know? wishes come true, except for you, Tattoo. You can take your horoscope and show it up your ass. Yeah, yeah, it's just so weird. On, he shows up in the King of the Strip one, and it's the two of them drinking milkshakes. I like do a, like that part, though. Arnold's thing. And, uh, and, and you're like, well, you know, Tattoo still has his dignity. This yeah. is, no, he doesn't, because he can't drink a milkshake right, and it's rolling down his chin. And, and, and Daruk is, Tattoo! <laughs> he didn't wasn't like that though he just tapped his chin but I, what I like what I like more was when Tattoo left the tip and then Rourke gives him like the stink eye he's like yeah. oh he has to dig in and put another quarter down or whatever <laughs> he shakes so, it I like that you, part of it I thought that was let's fine just un, let's just unwrap that for half a that second that was fine okay one yeah. okay Tattoo loses his dignity because he's got stuff on his face but fair sure, enough sure uh, then he's yeah not he's putting down a bad tip yeah uh, and Rourke is like, come on. Yeah. First of all, one, you pay Tattoo. And I don't know how much you pay Tattoo. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you don't pay Tattoo a good amount of money. But Tattoo but also, is spending Rourke's money, right? Like, that's not Rourke's money. Rourke, Rourke, no, Rourke doesn't have his own money. Tattoo carries the money around for him. Okay. But he, the bigger picture that you've yeah. got to like, uh, get so, this. So is Tattoo like, is trying to embezzle money from Rourke. That's that's the thing there. Okay, possibly. <laughs> the, the big Putting problem is... All of this is make-believe. This is all built. None of this is real. These aren't real waitstaff that are getting tips. I still like this. It's all made up it was, shit. It's still a good bit. You know, it, come on. Give me something from the show. It's just absolute no, it's okay. garbage. Like, I get it, but logically it makes no sense oh, at all. Oh, well, logic. It's like, you know, hey, we had this production of our town that we walked into. Tattoo! Make sure you tip the waitress that, at the diner. In, this, uh, in the imaginary this diner. But... <laughs> Yeah, we got fake money I gave you. Oh, more tattoo. We must be generous. But wait, but wait. Yeah, but wait. That's it. Okay, here's the other weird thing. How much does it cost to go to Fantasy Island? That they build an entire main street for you. <laughs> then you go and you act out your little fantasy for a weekend. And then you go home again. And they, what, they tear it all Money's, down? The money aspect of Fantasy Island was something that was always dodgy. That they like originally, I think it was forty thousand dollars, and you got your fantasy. Okay. But then I, but of course they, they, they went like, but we waive that amount when it's necessary. It's a sliding scale, <laughs> and, then, and then later they couldn't mention the money at all because, like, well, now some people are broke, and it seems like that's too much money. Yeah. To go to an island and you know just knock it off. Otherwise, it's just rich people having their fantasy and getting their <laughs> shit together, and no one wants to see that. So uh, yeah, no, yeah. no dice on that. But yeah, uh, yeah, tattoos, uh, skin flint, and they're <laughs> calling them on it. Because they all I enjoy it. I enjoy it. This is yeah. He's they're just there for business. Like there's not there's no there's no humans there. Don't worry about it. No. That okay. whole that whole horoscope thing. He's not going to come out next week, and and he doesn't even mention horoscopes again for the whole show. Now, now look. Here's here's one thing that did happen to me. I lost the last five minutes of this episode. Okay. So, so if there's a big punchline to any of these, there's not. There's no mention of horoscopes at the end of it. Like I thought, oh well, they'll pay it off at the end with some little horoscope thing. Nope. <laughs> never, okay. never comes up. Just mentions so, the beginning. Work gets angry, unreasonably angry, and that's the end of that. So the so the plot of this one is he used to be king of the strip. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, now he's now he's a schlub. Right. Uh, Danny Bonaducci is like a, a punk. Uh, by the way, he's a very forgiving punk because there's a point where uh, the king of the strip uh, deflates one of his tires. Yeah. And uh, he drives his car <laughs> like into a fire hydrant yeah. that like uh, breaks and then shoots water everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 
It's like, well, you've just destroyed his car. That... And, uh, and you've probably, he's been arrested for, uh, you know, driving over a fire hydrant. <laughs> but, like, the next time he sees him, it's just like, hey, what about our race? I'm like, well, you really took that in stride, Anna Bonnie Bucci. Well, it's Good for you. He's just an actor. He's just playing a role, though. He's not a real person. Yeah, so you can't true. really drag it out. And by the way, after the, he crashes into the fire hydrant, Paul Sand, a lot of facial expressions. So many, so many. I wasn't sure what he was going for there. Is he he's, like, he's, he's like, he lots of I'll, be, I'll be Shylock. I'll be Hamlet. I'll be, <laughs> oh boy. Just pick one, That'll please. Pick one. So, so uh, he never, he never had the nerve to, uh, to, uh, to go out with this uh, one woman. She no, became no, they went out, they went out together. They went out together yeah. when they were, when they were younger. Okay, but they like were he, item. He, they were an item when they were teenagers. Right, but like he didn't have uh, he he didn't have the guts to like seal the deal later because she went off to uh, become a famous model. Yeah, and this other guy who's a jerk apparently. Uh, he's rich and so he's a jerk. Is he a jerk? Uh, I, I he didn't seem like a jerk, but he was. No, they, they were kind of nice guy. Him as a jerk. No, uh, they didn't. They just called him. They just called him Brain because he's a smart guy. Okay, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't make fun of him or anything. Okay. Uh, he's just, so, I mean, his, any kind of attitude he has about these things is just his own in, insecurity. But he doesn't really, he, and he knows it. He doesn't, he's not really like, you know, he's not mad at the guy. He's just like, oh, this guy's done so well and I, I'm just a schlub. Okay. You know? Yeah. His whole thing is he's a schlub. So, uh, but she likes him and always likes him and, and it's just given him 97 chances. <laughs> really? So how's, how's it wrap up with the two of them? What lesson is learned or what occurs? Uh, well, at the end, did you see the race that they have? No, no, I didn't see the okay, race. Okay, well, today. he does He does race Danny Bonaducci, and he's in his little, like, coupe and, like, like Model T Ford customized coupe thing. It's like a up- upturned bathtub. And then Danny Bonaducci is in sort of, like, 1950s car, which, seriously, wouldn't have had a chance against, against Paul Sands' car, because Paul Sands' car has got a big engine, and it's much lighter, but whatever. So in the story, they're drag racing, and then Paul Sands is, is winning... And then he decides, he just turns off at the car and just kind of glides to the end and Danny Bonaducci's character wins. And he, and the reason he did that was he's just like, he's just, it's just a way of like symbolically closing the, the book on this part of his life, right? Like this is, that's great. This is not yeah. important. Yeah. And then he, that's exactly. and he, and he, and he also confesses to, to the woman that he's not, because he pretends that he's, a, he says he's an oil and gas. He says he's an oil and gas because he works at a gas station. He works at a gas station and he's a mechanic. Yeah. And so then. So then, um, he, uh, yeah. So, so then he confesses to her and she, and he just says, you know, you obviously don't want to see anymore. And she's like, I don't care about that. It's you. I like, and I realized seeing you here that you, that I need you in my life, you know? And so, so she's okay with that. Like she said, I was just surprised because you <laughs> were lying. And so I, well, I'm not mad or I'm not, you know, I understand what's, you know, or I'm not disappointed that you're not wealthy, you know? And then, um, but at the end, did you see the scene where they were, at Lover's Leap or whatever, like at the makeout site. I saw they were at the makeout site. And the, yeah. the policeman came to and, yeah. and gave him a warning. Uh, that guy was actually having his fantasy of being a cop. <laughs> and it turns out that he is either like a world famous race car driver or runs a world a pit crew for a world famous race car driver. Because then he hires Paul Sands' character to work as, in this pit crew for this famous racer. And so Paul oh. Sands is very excited by that. And so that's that's kind of like going to help, you know, that's going to improve his life. Oh, that's thought. weird. That's weird that they met someone else who's having a fantasy at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. then they, they both can like go back and go like, Hey, remember the time we're on that fantasy island? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was weird. Right. How it like changed reality. Yeah. yeah that's weird. Right. How much did you, how much did you pay to go? Oh, I $40,000 to be a cop, to be a cop. 
<laughs> the guy, well, what did you pay? Well, I paid $40,000. They, they built an entire town and filled it full of people working in a cafe and then dancing. And they had a jukebox that only played one song, Cherished by the Association, because that's all they could play. Although they did have... Oh, well, they had a couple of their songs, but they all seemed to be covers. They had, well, like they had they, a fake, yeah, they had a fake version. They had the fake version. Not, but, yeah. But yeah. it wasn't the Monkees. Yeah, it was the fake version of Last Time, Last Time in Clark, Clarksville. But every other time I heard them playing a song, it was Cherished by the Association. I don't remember any other song. Oh, they it did have like... they did have one, but it was, no, no, it was Cherished. That was, they put it on in the, yeah, because then they dance later on in the, in the, in the, in the diner and it's Cherished again. <laughs> so, okay. So Paul Sands fan. It's a good song. So what the heck. They built the whole town and yeah. all this stuff yeah. and all, everything. And like for this, uh. For this other guy, yes. race car driver, is like, what was your fantasy? Yeah. Oh, Tattoo. He always wanted to stop a couple from fucking. <laughs> like, he really wanted them to be getting hot and heavy, and then, like, he'd be a cop. And then he'd I, go in. I hope he did more and, than and that. Just, and just completely cock block the guy. Just be like, what's this about? And uh, stop him cold. And then uh, go, move along. And that's hey. his fantasy. Paul Sand and Paul Sand and said. that girl couldn't have made out because he was too busy making grimaces and smirking and squinting and raising his eyebrows and squinching his nose in order to to get in down at any hot and heavy business. My fantasy is to be a cop, and I want to pay forty thousand dollars to be one. <laughs> you know the rest of his fantasy, which you're not seeing. Is yeah. he is shooting somebody? Sure, that's <laughs> There's right. It's another part of this yeah. where he is killing a murderer. Yeah, like he is just—it's a dark story that we're not getting into, <laughs> and all you're seeing is the time where he's just like uh, yeah. on the kibosh I've on always, the romance. I've always wanted—I've always wanted to perform some police brutality. Yeah, it's a 1950s cop. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be good. Yeah. What whatever yeah. you want to do is a 1950s <laughs> cop. So, so, so that's his story. So then. Right. Then the so Darren, anyway, okay. the Darren McGavin the one, okay, is is a uh, is is kind of a fear of a you know it's like oh nostalgia yeah. the past was better than now yeah yeah and the tiger one yes anytime you've got a hunter and a tiger we're Moby Dick in it so it's like the tiger is death you and, said you know, it you know so that's what it is so it's like we're dealing with in both these stories you know someone who's like not wanting to be who they are at present. You know, fear of death, fear of the future, fear of, you know, what they are, yeah. uh, wish they were what they were in the past. So we're kind of covering the same base, uh, you know, uh, twice here. But it, in a it, it is. It is. I mean, because in the like right from the get go, they they say that the, the tiger is legendary. And then yes. it, it appears at this village every 14 years or something like that, or even maybe 40, 40 or 14, one of the two. And so, yeah. So there's no tigers that live that long, at least not healthily you know, like if they came back after 14 years they'd look a little grizzled so so, so he's uh he yeah he wants to hunt this tiger so he shames this this village of of uh indians now of course so, not, by the way are white guys in brown face because or it's the 70s. I, I don't know if they're brown i think they're actually like people of of darker skin but they're not uh, they're not indian so the lead guy who's an indian is not indian i've seen okay. him in many things oh, okay and, so yeah, they he's just, more than they likely put... going to be an Italian in a gangster movie as well. Okay, so they they just put some tint in his. Uh... What I thought was best though was just like the fact that they could not do like one second of research on what a turban looks like. <laughs> not one second. This guy, his turban has this front bunch and like like he's like a you know like a adolescent unicorn. He's got this little like oh it's just like I mean which is accurate for for like when when kids are young and they have. They're not at turban length yet, so they have that much smaller wrap that holds the hair. But not when you're 
and you know when you're that old you know then you have a full turban because your hair is long and it's you know and so yeah yeah and they're but all of them are wrong like his is like terrible with this weird thing in the front but none of them look they all just look like like i don't know like they're wearing diapers on their heads like it's just not good like nothing about it is good and you're just yeah you're just watching just like couldn't someone look at a picture or even ask someone how, like, get out a National you, Geographic. If you get out ask, Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, if you ask to seek how you tie a turban, they would be so ecstatic to tell you how you do it, because no one ever asked that question, and they just want to tell you. So, you, if you ask them, they will tell you with the greatest pleasure. And I know that because I asked one time. <laughs> so you will get an answer, more answer than you want, maybe. And so they easily could have like figured it out, but no. Just put them on there, tie them in some way so they just look like they're going to ride a, t- a rug somewhere. And then, so yeah, so then Darren McGavin. Now, at the end of this, this ends with, yes, you kind of mentioned the fact that they, they have the, the initial expedition that ends with with one of the carriers, one of the bears or whatever, getting getting uh, mauled by a tiger. And now, then, let me guess the, let me just guess the ending ending. Sure. Because I haven't seen it. Yeah. I guess like, uh, he makes peace with the tiger and thinks the tiger's beautiful and wants to leave the tiger alone. Is this how it goes? Nope. So then, oh fuck. Okay. Well then, uh, so, it's not the life aquatic. <laughs> so then the uh, no, it's not the life aquatic. So then, um, he has a confrontation with the, with the village elder, and he basically tells him, "I'm going to do this whether you're going to be with me or not." And yeah, I, coward. in fact, <laughs> if you if you do, if you don't want to help me, that's fine. You can just stay away. I'm going to do it by myself. And so he goes out there and he gets a goat. And he puts the goat, ties it to a tree. And he says to the goat, don't worry, you'll be fine. I'm going to protect you. <laughs> I did see that. And he hides up in a tree. <laughs> he goes up in a tree, which I was watching this. I'm thinking like, this is like, okay, I understand. You're a world famous writer. You're a hunt, like you're like this Hemingway-esque great, you know, great white hunter. You know, you fought in wars. You've, you've, you've bedded women. You've gambled. You've drank in all, in all the great cities of the world. You've bedded tigers. <laughs> you got mixed up. You used women as chips. <laughs> it gets confusing after a while. There's a lot of liquor involved in this writer's life. So, so, uh, but, you know, like one of the least honorable, like, okay, you can have your opinions about hunting. That's fine. I'm not a big fan of hunting myself. But I understand that I, cause I eat meat, and so I think that it's fine if you're going to kill something to eat meat, and if you make it into like a sport where it's a challenge for you to find the animal and stuff like that. But this is like the cheapest, most like least honorable way to to hunt, yeah, which is to well drop a brick on it, <laughs> is to tie an animal as bait, and then sit in a tree where you're safe and shoot at the animal when it shows up. Like that is so chicken shit. You're getting you're calling the village elder a coward. What about you in a tree? Hiding from a tiger with a rifle in your hand, Mister Big Fat Writer. Like boo. But anyway, so then, so then the tiger shows up and he shoots at it, misses like four shots. Like I don't know what he's looking through. He should have got his. He should have got his uh target. His his uh eye, his little you know scope fixed. But he's firing away and he misses. The tiger leaps forty feet in the air into the tree, knocks him and itself out. They both fall out of the tree. And then they're laying there on the ground, both of them. And he's like, he's like, he's falling asleep and he's got his arm around his favorite tiger. Yeah, Kel- he dresses up like a lady tiger. It's basically Kelvin and Hobbes later in life. <laughs> and, and then that, okay. So, and so he dies, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. The tiger's gone. When, when they find him in the morning or whatever, he's, he is, he's, he's, he's dead, but the tiger is gone. Cause the tiger, of course, doesn't exist. That's why you can't shoot it either. It doesn't exist. And then, uh, 
I don't know if he does it then or later. Rourke uh, tells Tattoo that that what Darren McGavin's character's actual desire was not to hunt a tiger, but his desire was to stay on Fantasy Island for forever. And so he's buried on the island. That's the end of that end of his end of his fantasy. Okay. So I guess the idea is that you know he'd just reached a point in his life where nothing mattered to him anymore. Like he'd had all this excitement and adventure, and it, and now it was just like you know like to sort of you know it was there's no thrill left for him, and that's what he needed in his in his life. Okay, he needed, so like he needed to feel alive. He needed suicide. Yeah, yeah. So so we're gonna have a suicide, but we can't have like he can't have a real him, suicide. Yeah, so he can't have him like uh, yeah. swallow a gun. <laughs> uh, that's not a good fantasy <laughs> Alan fantasy. It's no, like no, the, no. He wanted to do himself in, and no. uh, I took forty thousand dollars and went. <laughs> there like, you go. Put a plastic bag over his head. That's right. So he so in the in the doing of this. Yeah. Uh, he mauled a villager. Mauled a villager. <laughs> But just one. Come on. So did he go right to hell, boss? Oh yes, <laughs> he is in, he his is selfishness deep. took him straight to the deepest pits of hell. <laughs> and as you know, Tattoo, that is directly below this island. Did you say pizza hell? Is that a restaurant nearby? Okay. Yes, um... pizza hell. It's a spicy pepperoni. <laughs> oh, it sounds... oh boss, much... it sounds so good. You got a little pepperoni on your chin, Tattoo. You got now leave the tip. Leave the tip, Tattoo. More tip, Tattoo. <laughs> you cheap son of a bitch. Bath and a Pisces. I don't oh, oh, Tattoo, I forgive you then. You Pisces <laughs> That's right. are very cheap. And I, am a, I am a Sagittarius. That was, uh, that was established at the beginning of the show, everyone. Okay, so is that a satisfying ending to you then, that he wanted to like die on the island and Rourke let him? Ian, that, there's nothing yeah. satisfying about any part of the show. Come on. Okay. It's a silliness. All right. So um, it's, uh, you know, it's fine. What I Whatever. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. Okay, here's the things that weren't fine to me. Yeah, that one, the bear got mauled. Like that is that seems a little like I hope that guy got extra pay. And then, and then that that he was like staking a goat to shoot at shoot an animal from a tree. Like, come on. Like if you're gonna do that story, at least make him make it honorable. Make him like you know like maybe do well before it's time. But like the scene from Jurassic Park, you know, where the hunter gets is hunted, and you know he turns and there's a tiger and the tiger kills him. That'd be fine. That'd be kind of cool, but nah. We'll have a tiger jump forty feet into a tree. That's way better. And they both yeah, fall out, and then they're laying on the ground to get the deal. Is I want to die well. Yeah. Like I want to die well. Yeah. Then, then yeah. Why are you doing this cheap shit? Exactly. Why are you doing the cowards thing? Why are you covering your ass? Like yeah, exactly. Just, just, just you know, you're the bait, Jack. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cover yourself with sardine oil. <laughs> As we've learned, is the thing to do. Uh, Where did we learn that? Oh, you learned that in uh, Tiger King. Uh, the oh, lady okay. who uh, possibly killed her uh, husband lets you know that uh, uh, the, the way you get a tiger to eat someone is cover them in sardine oil. And then the tigers will just like uh, chow down. Oh, what a give, yeah. what a giveaway! A little bit. There's some, there's some, there's some hints she may have done things wrong. <laughs> um, I didn't watch it. I just know these aspects. Uh, okay, okay. I, I watched bits and pieces of it because Lisa watched it, but yeah. I didn't watch. I didn't watch every second of it because you can. You can I couldn't stand it. it. I can. Okay, it. we've cleared. We've All right. Cleared so those the... are the two stories. So now we get to the meat of this. This is this is what we're in for. The nightmare. And what's right. interesting is the shows have three different titles to them. Right. Let the good time roll. The nightmare and the tiger. So this is the nightmare. So the nightmare story, as you said, this woman newlywed, part of a honeymoon team. They arrive on the island with with her husband, who is like clearly fifty, clearly my age. 
Yeah. Described as a young man. I just love that about television from those days. Like no one could possibly, no one was too old to play 30. No one. <laughs> so, so they arrive in there like, cause the actress, Carolyn Franklin, she's fairly young. She looks like she's in her late thirties maybe, but, but that, her husband, that guy is, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not bad, but it's just, it's weird. And why would you call him young? Like, it's just such a strange, look at that young man over there with a cane. <laughs> walking bent bent double with a cane that young man so yes yeah, so they, they yes uh Rourke arranges they've they've rebuilt her childhood home on, on fantasy island it's forty thousand dollars same thing the policeman paid to watch over on the police car we've already established that yeah would you mind if a police officer knocked on your door at some point and just went, uh, we're looking for a murderer because we got to fill a little uh, time with him. <laughs> That's fine, Mr. Rourke. So then, so she goes to the house and I don't know, is there like a spell cast? Because basically she just like, at midnight, she gets tired, lays down and goes to sleep right away. Okay. Well, here's what, yeah, he's, he hypnotizes her. He's oh, like, okay. when they hit the midnight, uh, you will hear the chimes and you will go to sleep. But I he see. also does things like he just, you know, like she'll be, she'll be with her husband. And Rourke will knock on the door and like come in and just like, we must go. Yeah, that's uh, right. Why? Yeah. Uh, the psychic energy is very strong right now. And the husband's like, I should come too. Okay. No, there's a reason. It'll be extremely da- dangerous. But there's a can. reason. There's a reason for that, though. And maybe you missed it because you didn't see the end of the show. Okay. So because that's later, right? Because then because she goes through the first experience and she gets to a certain point where she goes a little bit farther than she's ever gone before. Right. Where like this kind of rug comes uh, like a like a. Oh, by the way, they call it and like they got a house and like we will call it Nightmare House. Yeah, well, that's soothing. That's <laughs> it's not supposed to be soothing. She's confronting a nightmare. Like, it's it's really creepy in here. No shit, no shit. It's creepy. It's like one. It's called Nightmare House. Thing one. But it's not. Thing, it's but it's not creepy though because it's just. She says that. She says, you know, oh, I'm getting the creeps in here. Yeah, yeah, because it's are. because of her, her nightmare, but it's it's a re, it's a replica of her childhood home. Like it's right. what it's what she grew up in. Like it's just toys. But every time right? she looks at anything, like she looks at a doll. Yeah, and uh, and it's like it's just everything is immediately. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's, it's not weird. like happy laughter. Yeah, it's it's creepy laughter. It becomes uh, yeah. <laughs> and what, okay, what's weird there is that they don't they don't have a child's voice. They just have the actress doing like a high pitched voice. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the actresses who play uh, kids on uh, Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Sometimes yeah. where it really sounds like a you know like a Nancy Cartwright <laughs> or someone doing the voice of uh, uh, Ralph. Yeah. You know, it's that's what it sounds like. Yeah, well, like exactly. a woman it's... doing a, a kid's voice. Yeah. So it's like okay. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Why did they get a kid to do it? But it, so they don't. But that so yeah. So it kind of sets it up like it's already kind of nightmarish before she's in her nightmare before she's asleep basically. And then she falls asleep and then in her dream she she wakes up and a bird flies at her and of course just the camera swooping down at her you know and you're just like oh okay and then. A cuckoo clock comes out, and then the cuckoo clock, I don't know, it looks like he has like a cigar, so it explodes into flames, and then, then she sits up, and then fire starts to like, you know, to sort of spontaneously happen, and then we see the, the clown stand up and pull off its strings and walk towards her, and young, you know, young Dave was was, was <laughs> terrified by this at the time, and but I remember being much darker feeling than, like, you know, of course, things take on their life of their own in your mind over time, and then... uh and then so she's, and so then all the toys are exploding into flame and she runs up the steps. And as she goes to this door, it's all dark. 
up for a moment. Oh, we forgot to mention that her father comes to the island, played by Ray Milland. And this show and the movie Frogs are the reason that I do not like Ray Milland. Oh. Even though he's in one of my favorite movies, a couple of my favorite films, I've always had a kind of a an antagonism to him. And I think it's just because as a kid, my only exposure to him was in this show as a grumpy dad and as a horrible tyrant parent in Frogs who gets his comeuppance from the Frogs. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen Frogs. It's not a very good film. I have not, I have not seen Frogs, no. But as he's a kid, in a, yeah, he's in Dal M for Murder. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, but those are when he's young yeah. and stuff. This is like, these are his like okay. older, older... Older model years when he's, yeah. And so, so yeah, so he's come to the island. He kind of arrives without, he charters his own plane to come there because he wants to stop his daughter from from doing this thing. And he's afraid that it will hurt her in some way. And he comes to Mr. Rourke and he, you know, he wants Mr. Rourke to put a, put a, put the kibosh in this. And Mr. Rourke says, I cannot. She has, you know, this is her fantasy. They've both, both she and her husband have agreed that they should do this. And so I'm not going to stop it. But you could convince yeah, her. You, if yeah. You, you talk to her and see, well, I've already talked to her and she didn't listen to me. Well, then it's obviously important to her to do this. Right. So, so, so we, we, so, so yeah. So when she's walking the steps, she looks through this doorway and then we see for a brief second her father's face, which then becomes a skull, which then kind of swells up and then explodes. And then she goes running back down the stairs again because it's a limited set. And then and then <clears> there's more fire. And then there's some sort of like soldiers. There's some soldiers that are burning. And then there's one soldier that like kind of threatens her. And she dashes away from it and falls in the bed. And then a rug comes kind of flop, flopping down from the sky onto her. And then she wakes up. And she's, of course, shaken up by this. And then Rourke, there, she's having dinner with her husband and Rourke comes in. He's like, you know, don't worry. You can have a cup, you can have a day off. So you can just kind of rest and relax and, and everything will be okay. And then, and then of course, she has a fight with her dad because her dad's so against this and blah, blah, blah. That damn Rima Land. I'll never like this person. And she's, uh, yeah, she's going to enjoy her evening with her husband. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're a honeymoon uh, team. What is it? <laughs> they're honeymoon squad. Team. Yeah. Ox. Whatever it is. They're a couple of oxen. And so uh, yeah. as you as you would, you're like on kind of honeymooning and it's, yeah, yeah. they're young, you're in love and bang, 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 bang. Uh, yeah. Rourke's at the door. We must go now. Well, lucky. Hey, Rourke, playing with fire, walking in on the honeymoon couple. Well, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair to Rourke, neither of them are young. And this really could be their second marriage by the actual ages that they are. So, True. So, you know. And you are... You are smelling that there might be something wrong with like the marriage because there isn't a lot of romance between the two of them by any means. No, but like I say, like, they're both ma- they're a mature couple who you know they've gone they've gone around the the block a few times. Yeah, they, my theory yeah. at this point was uh, okay. Well, she, she's in some sort of bad scene with this guy. Doesn't want to really be married to him. I think they're trying and to set so, that up as a possibility because yeah. the dad mentions that if something happens to his daughter. The husband gains control of the trust fund that was left to her by her mother when her mother died. Mm-hmm. So that kind of puts the, the the germ of that idea in our mind that oh maybe the husband's got something to do with this. Maybe that's what's going on here. And so yes, as you say, they're they are not canoodling. They are standing fifteen feet apart from each other, enjoying their honeymoon. And Rourke comes in and says, "We have to go. You got to go to the house right now." And she's like, "But I thought I got the now. Nope, we got it. We have to do it now." So then, so then she goes back to the house. And she goes through the same dream, except when she gets to the, when she gets the, the rug thing comes down on her and she gets it off of her. And then she goes into another part of the house. And I can't remember what happens here. Sorry. But in some, something happens and she, she realizes she just, she's like daddy. And she goes running out of the house yeah, down the street. And then we cut to her father 
Well, we see no. We okay. Like, sorry. When she goes when she goes up the stairs. Yeah. And the skull turns around. Yeah. It changes to her father's face for an extended period of that's time. That's right. That's right. And she gets it, and she's like, "Ah, I gotta warn my dad." There's oh, this. okay. And then she just has to kind of escape from from yeah, the, the she, stuff downstairs. Which isn't that's right. Super hard, actually. No, no, it's, they're pretty. Everyone's exploding, so it's pretty easy to get away from yeah, everything. The, the clown's like, "Hey, man, whatever. I'm, I'm <laughs> learning." Like this is the thing is like the clown. I've got no strings to hold me down. Yeah, his head explodes. This is the thing. Everything is just so extreme. It's yeah. just like, oh, that's a creepy clown. Oh, yeah. the clown's alive. Oh, the clown's coming at me. Oh, the yeah. head exploded. Yeah. That's on fire. Oh, now this is on fire. Now everything's melting. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, howdy. Everything's just like, it's just so to 10. Everything goes to 10. <laughs> and so the clue, yeah. besides her father, the clue is fire. Yes. So she goes, so did you see the end of this part? I saw the end of this part where she busts in on uh, dad. Well, the best like, part of this, though, is before that. So we cut to Ray Milland. Okay. Filling yeah. a lighter with a the most clumsily jaw. His hands are shaking like he has the palsy, and he's like trying to fill this lighter. Lighter fluid going everywhere, but into the lighter, and then he casts aside. He casts aside this bottle of lighter fluid with as if it was just a mere gum wrapper. Throws it onto his coat on a on a bed where it's right. sitting there, leaking out into this giant puddle. We get to watch, and then he's like trying to light this lighter doesn't work very well so he casts the lighter aside his yeah, hell with it splash yeah that he just throws out on the bed as well and then he uses a, a match a match to light his his pipe but then he proceeds to light the matchbook on fire and then <laughs> and then in his fear he throws it down on the bed where he's already decided to to use the fuel storage area <laughs> this thing explodes into flames and then of course it's a it's a tv show so then you get that weird a uh, fuel line that appears. It's also in the dream, the nightmare as well. There's this fuel line that appears that I guess is like controls the area where the fire is. So, so you get this little line of like this little arc of fire that kind of goes around the on the carpet of the room, and then that whole side of the room explodes into flames. And he's like confused, like how can I get out of here? The door is over there where there's no fire. How can I possibly escape? Ah! And then his daughter comes in, and then. She sees a rug, like the one in her dream, on the wall, and she pulls it off, and she puts it over her herself and her father, and they're able to walk out safely through the flames, because now the room is much more engulfed in flames. And then, and then they're outside, and then he, she saved her father, and he said, "I thought it was going to be something telling her how her mom died or something like that." I can't remember. No, it was weird. But anyway. So let's just get okay. Let's because he's a murderer. That's the that's right. the truth. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's unpack this for a second. Yeah. So it's like okay. She keeps getting these dreams, uh, and the whole point of the dreams, yeah. uh, they're a premonition to <laughs> warn her of how her father is going to die. I, this is but, the best part of it. I know. <laughs> but here's the thing. Yes. She, dad. Yeah. Okay. So to 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 solve this problem, she pays forty thousand. <laughs> yeah. Comes to the island. Uh-huh. I guess dad pays some because yeah, he, he's not here he for pays, free. He pays the charter to come to the island. He comes yeah. as well. Yeah. And that's the place where. <laughs> If he didn't come to the island, if he didn't come, it wouldn't happen. If she didn't so pay for like, this, just, yeah, there's no point. Exactly, you're solving an island problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're solving a problem that you created, <laughs> but your whole thing, Mister Rourke. I know. Dumb system. I know. I yeah, mean, I was killing no, myself no. laughing at that at this point of the of the show. So, is there anything uh, that is so having good. problems with the husband? Nothing at all. No, no, no. They're just in, they're they're their relationship is fine. It was just a red herring, just to throw you off the scent. Ugh. And just the same way that, because you, you know, I thought, thought Milan was was it so mad? Ray Milan was so angry because she would find out that he off the her mother. 
and that was the dream was trying to tell her something like that. That was the information that was coming out. But no, nothing like that. What the, okay, what well the dream was we... telling her was that she was going to pay $40,000 to go to an island, have a dream. Her dad was going to go there, act like an idiot with a, with a lighter, and then create a, and create, create a fire, and she was going to save him. But if she didn't go to the island and her dad hadn't followed her there, none of this would have happened. So really, the dream is <laughs> meaningless. And Rourke knows that this is going to happen, which is why he's going, do you have to go tonight? That's right. You have to go tonight. Exactly right. That's that's why. Because he, yeah, he knows that she has to discover what the dream means so that she can save her father okay well let's also okay here's can i can i be fair can i be fair to work for a second so here's here's another way to look at it so the dream is actually meaningless the dream is meaningless but she needs to have some closure to it so he creates a situation in on fantasy island where where she has the dream and it takes on a meaning for her and and maybe he through his hypnotism he kind of influences how she sees this this dream and then uh, rayma land you know, somehow, you know, whatever. He's hypnotized to <laughs> use it later like a moron. And then, and so then she can save him. And now, and now the the whole, whatever the dream meant is solved for her. And now she'll forget about it, hopefully. Okay. Do you buy that story? So, she, so Rourke risks the father's life to give her closure. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, there was, there, there's fire engines nearby though. They, they are, they knew what was happening. They, they, they was okay. all controlled. It was all controlled. Because here's the other. Uh, it's other not ideas. real. Remember, it's a fantasy. It's not real. Right, the fire is. is a controlled fire. Right, but here's the problem. Except when the, the way he burned burned himself alive by dropping the matches and the lighter fluid onto his jacket, onto himself. Like, do we go with the idea that uh, the world that we live in here, yeah, has magic in it, and and Fantasy Island as well has. Like, first of all, Fantasy Island has magic. In it. Yeah, yeah, but now. why do you say the world here has magic in it? Because it does. Because. Yeah, she was having these dreams in our world. Well, yeah, yeah, but but they have no meaning. Dreams, so she's either no, 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 no. She's psychic. They're no, 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 no. You missed my point. You missed my point. You missed my point. No, no, I got your point. No, no, the dream is meaningless. The dream is meaningless. I know that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not buying that because that's a good theory. It's a good theory (laughs) if you want to go with the idea of like him just doing a make him up and the solve the thing. Oh, you're saying in like in the terms of the show. That yeah. the dream has meaning because it's a premonition of something that was going to happen. Meaning that she's actually psychic. Mm-hmm. And she was seeing uh, something. So her outside of the world of Fantasy Island is a psychic. She's yeah. psychic. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and so Rourke is going ah well now yeah she he might just try to you know wait are you saying him. are you saying you don't believe in psychics? Well now we got magic in the outside world. I guess you don't live in the seventies then, sir. Mm-hmm, that's true. There was a lot of ESP. There's a lot of that garbage going on in those but days. But it feels like the rules are well. That's not true because here's the thing: the <laughs> devil shows up to Fantasy Island, and clearly the devil in, interacts with people in our world. Yeah. So fuck everything's magic, and it's all what it is. <laughs> fine. It's why, fine. Why are you even questioning this silly show? I don't even know why I'm questioning it's, it. I just like what the rules were. It's it like, made it. There's no rules. It made it made me. What the show really did was that it just made me remember how terrible it was to babysit when I was that age. <laughs> because like I'm watching that show and I'm thinking the reason I watched this show as a kid is because there was nothing else worth watching at this time of night when I was a kid on Saturday nights. On Saturday nights, which is understandable because Saturday nights were like a night people did stuff in those days. So Saturday night was yeah. kind of like a dumping ground. Like there was nothing really great on Saturday nights on most channels because they just assumed that people had lives in these days. Like unlike now where like 
we're just a constant stream of stuff because people don't have lives. In those days, people like went out on Saturday night and they went to movies or they went to clubs and they went to bars and they, or they went to sports games or they did what sports games, <laughs> so athletic. They went to, to sporting events. They did things. They went to friends' houses. They played cards. They played, they, you know, they did whatever. They, you know, there's stuff that people did in those days. And, and so, so Saturday night, and that's why I was babysitting because people would go out on Saturdays and because I was a, and the reason I babysat was because I was a paper deliverer and you would not believe how many people would ask me, uh, this young teenage boy delivering papers, if I also babysat. <laughs> no. And I would say, I thought you were going to sure. say, how many people asked, did you see Fantasy Island? No, no, no. They would, they would ask if I babysat and I would be like, sure, because I like money. And so, yeah, I would go over and I would just babysit kids for people. And, uh, and I was pretty good because I had no real rules. So the kids could stay up until some time and then I would make them go to bed, but I was never really strict. And uh, so I did all right. But yeah, that that that's just what it was. There was like, honestly, nothing better on. And this was the best. This and Love Boat, which I don't want to see Love Boat now because I just can't imagine what a, what a desert oh, no, of interest that's worse. Much worse. Yeah, I feel like it was worse. And so... So yeah, it, those no, two no, shows together. It was. Okay, okay, I'll believe you. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm saying that I believe you. I'm just saying like I can only feel because mm-hmm. I, I have not seen it for a long time, not since those yeah. heady days of of watching. Oh man, that that was just awful. Like it really made me sorry for myself as a teenager. Like I should have. Well, I should have well, thought to, to bring a some, book. I, I then uh, after after I watched that episode, I went like, you know what? Let me watch the Malcolm McDowell version. Let me just check <laughs> that out. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna, it couldn't be have been fair. Worse. I'm gonna watch late into the run of this show. Okay. I'm gonna watch late late into the first season. I think it only had one season, but I'm gonna watch late into the run and they'll have their act together and let's just take a look. Yeah. And uh, just for the opening credits, like, whoa, this is cheap. Lordy. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. And everything was awful. Much worse. Okay. Much, 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 much worse. Yeah. yeah. And from what I've heard the movie is also much, much worse. It's just a horror film, right? It's a Blumhouse production. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's a, a horror kind movie. of straight. It's got like a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, uh, <laughs> it's well, just se- like, oh, you can tell solution. from the poster, by the way. The poster is one of these posters where just like, hey, look, it's a thing. And wait, wait a second. Well, let me look closer. It's a skull. <laughs> oh, that's a dangerous thing then. That boat is a skull. That island's a skull. That cloud's a skull. Wait a minute. That bus is a skull. <laughs> <laughs> Those butterflies are actually a skull. Oh my god! Oh Can dear. You tell? Yeah. Did you did you watch later into the the Fantasy Island show? Oh, I guess you did because the the Roddy McDowell is the as the devil is a later season thingy. Yeah. To be honest, I will probably pop around and I'll watch I'll watch some of them for the dumbness. And you because fool. I, I like Barbie Benton. Oh, she on like, it? She's on it a bit. Usually <laughs> playing a showgirl. There's two there's two different ones where she's sh- a showgirl. Huh. One where they're uh, looking for millionaire husbands, okay. and one where they're old ladies that want to reclaim the old days of the Ziegfeld Follies. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing when you watch that is you forget that it's '78, so because thir- they go, we're going to go 13 years back for for the, the let the good times roll, and so that's 1965. Yeah, which actually they're playing Cherish, and that came out two years later, so they're not actually. Oh. And that's the biggest problem. Uh, that's my biggest problem with that show. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it seems oh, like me, every episode terrible. begins with this. Is like uh, boss, boss the plane, and he comes out and just like, "Good morning, Tattoo," and then Tattoo says something to him. Well, you're a fucking idiot, Tattoo. <laughs> boss, I've really gotten into Legos. 
oh, they're stupid, Tattoo. I step on them and I hate them. And I hate that you brought this up. Smiles, everyone. Everyone, big smiles. Let's enjoy. And then he explains everyone's problems. And it's like, Tattoo is just like, why are you even telling him? He's not I got a dog tattoo. A filthy mongrel tattoo. Horrible. Disgusting. Oh, licking peanut butter off of your lips. What? He... What's that, boss? Nothing. <laughs> it's my fantasy. <laughs> Pay $40,000 to have a dog lick peanut butter off your lips, sir. I think there were a couple episodes where Tattoo got his fantasy. Uh, I think that was a gimmick. Bleh. Yeah, Bill. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Well, uh, yes. I don't know if your ears were turning red the other day, but someone was cursing you for making them watch that show. <laughs> Oh, is that right? No, I'm not joking. Okay, well, uh, yeah, to any of our listeners who uh, did uh, check it out, uh, sorry. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Well, you're, you're locked in your house. What do you care? Yeah, that's right. You know, listen, we can't be as fussy as we used to be. <laughs> there we are. Um, so uh, do you want to turn our uh, attention to our uh, mailbag, or have you got something else you wanted to bring up before I do that? Well, I was going to tell you that I, I, um, I bought a... I bought a recorder like our Zoom recorder at uh, or your Zoom recorder at at Sneaky Dragon, so I'm not using the laptop anymore because it was oh, okay. it was scaring me so much last week when we were recording. It was like it seemed like it was like 30 seconds without anything showing up in the screen. Then it would uh, it, was just, it was just killing me. So so I um I went and I purchased a new. It's not the same as yours. It's a, not quite as nice as yours, I don't think. What what are you talking about? What did you purchase? Uh, like the like the Zoom, like the 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 H4n downstairs, the the digital recorder. Oh, very good. Okay. I bought a digital recorder as well. Okay, for nice. here, but just because I was, it was, I was uh, just really getting fed up with uh, the performance of the um, the computer. So I think this will will be better. And yeah, so so it's uh, it was interesting though because everyone's different. Like Long and McQuaid, which is not where I bought this. You know, when I went and bought some stuff there, I didn't know what the score was. I just went, and then it turned out that you had to like phone the store pay by credit card and then they would bring it out to you but you could you could do it the same day so that was okay like i, I phoned and I, I got the cables that i wanted and then i and so then but so then i thought oh well i saw this uh on tom lee and it was it was it's a older model they have a newer one out that has an x after the the numbers mm-hmm. and this one doesn't have the x so it's, it was a hundred dollars cheaper than, than than it should have been so i was like well that's the one i want so so they had it at tom lee and so then i just drove there after work one day and then they're like oh you've got to pay online and then and then we'll get the notification then we'll phone you and let you know and you'll arrange a pickup time and this is so complicated so yeah it's just weird that everyone does it differently it's so so yeah so then i I, so i was like oh okay so i just went and sat in my car bought it online drove home and the next day they called and said oh it's ready so then i drove in and got it but it's it's uh interesting it's funny because every store is different like i went to staples because i had to get a a printer cartridge or an ink cartridge for my printer and it's just walk in grab stuff walk out i mean they have like plexiglass between you and the the tell the, the cashier who's wearing like gloves and stuff like that but as far as you're concerned well you can go to heck everyone else has been buying the same things you are so remember to wash your hands when you get home dave but uh yeah it's uh it's it's just interesting like everyone and i don't know well, i guess you don't drive but like traffic is back to normal like it's it's like the glory days of, of of two weeks ago when when all this started, and it was you're just driving around on empty streets. It was just so amazing. Uh, that's all done now. Like it's just back to normal. Like uh, yesterday, 
I waited for, I waited, I had to sit and wait three lights to get through the lights to get onto the overpass to, to try to get on the freeway to come to work. So that's, mm. that's like normal. That's normal traffic. That's the normal wait time. And that's why I don't normally go that way. I just went that way because it's been so great. I could just like drive straight through and onto the freeway. But today I went a different, I went a, my old route because that way I don't have to wait as much. And we, uh, uh yeah. go ahead, please. Sorry, I was just going to say, so we yeah, were it's just driving so during rush hour yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, into Surrey and back, yeah. and uh, it was it was actually okay. Okay, it was okay. We were uh, pretty 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 open for for most of the time. We had to go and uh, pick some uh, pick some stuff up, and uh, for for masks, we we're getting supplies from a oh, fabric okay. plant. So okay, okay, And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty pretty loosey goosey. But there was uh, more than more than one of you in the car, so you mo- most likely drove in the HOV lane, which of course speeds things up considerably. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, which uh, you probably were driving past a lot of cars that weren't going very. It's not as heavy as it as it was. Because it's still, it's school still out, and so we don't have the school traffic, and so that makes a difference in terms of, um, in terms of, of volume on the roads. But in terms of like morning traffic around where I work, it's very much normal, if you know what I mean. Like so, it's it's interesting. It's just I think people are getting back to normal, whether they want whether they want to or not, or at least I shouldn't say normal. I should say some sort of equilibrium of caution and pr- productivity or earning a dollar, and I'm fine with that. Cause that you know. As long as people are being careful, I think, you know, I, I don't, I, th- I think it's fine, but, you know, I don't think that's, the, I don't think that's the same for restaurants. I don't think restaurants should be opening, but I just mean for, in terms of like workplaces, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how, uh, how, how hair salons can go. Are they I, open? I, uh, some places, like uh, oh. I just was reading a thing um, uh, about it, like in, in Georgia, they're opening. I know, I know someone who lives in Georgia. Oh, I thought you were talking about like, here. Cause I thought they were, no, there's no. A, yeah, there's an, no, there's still talk. There is talk of it. There is talk of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and so, and someone was just actually asking that, that question of like, there's a, there's someone who's a barber in their building and was like, if we wear masks and we do this and we do that, will that be and like, no, it's still not. It's, you know, especially if they're like giving haircuts to other people too. It's yeah. Just, yeah. You yeah. know, it just doesn't fly. Because like, the problem is, is you go, Oh, well, be careful. But then you'll be, yeah, for a while. And then you'll be. And then, and also how do you know you're being careful? Yeah. Like, that's the problem is like, yeah. there's no symptoms. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, then you're then you're afterwards you think like no I I'm fine and but, uh, you but you're not so the only uh, it's the it's yeah. it's really really frustrating I do put my comb in that blue stuff yeah well you got a point I, there yeah barbicide if we all just drink the barbicide I know today and again I don't like uh, us bringing up uh, uh, the president guy but he made a thing today where he was t- he was uh, kind of loosely going like if there's only some way of injecting yourself with like disinfectant, you know, sometimes it's like, what are you talking about? Like, cause it kills it instantly. If it could just go around your system once, it'd be fine. And some people, you know, people are making jokes about Clorox and Windex. And then someone else was, uh, was mentioning, it's like, that's, uh, that's the plot of, uh, the man with two brains. That's how the killer <laughs> killed people was with Windex. Okay. Injection. So, you know, if we've learned nothing from uh, Steve Martin movies, oh, it's, that... do not inject Windex. I mean, the problem is, is like there was that couple that did serious harm to themselves drinking a bunch of that hydro, yeah. whatever it was called, hydro, you know, the, the, um, yeah. More than quinine, that. the quinine. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been, stuff. it's been very bad. Like it's not, 
it's not a good thing, but it's uh, it's uh, Mr. What do you got to lose? <laughs> Mr. And it's like Mr. Talking off the top of his head always. Let's, let's just let's just say this: like anytime anyone yeah. says to you, "What have you got to lose?" <laughs> you're seconds away from finding out what you've got to lose. Yeah, or it's maybe not seconds. You will find out in a couple of days to weeks, but you will or, find out there was or, stuff to lose. Or they're singing "Sweet Judy Blue Eyes." Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is definitely a con man's phrase. Mm. What well, you got to yeah, lose? Like, yeah, two two phrases that that avoid uh, uh, at all costs. One, what do you got to lose? Yeah, and you do the math. You do <laughs> the math. Uses, oh, that's a good win. Yeah, anyone uses the phrase. I mean, you do this, you do that. I mean, you do the math. And then they shrug <laughs> their shoulders. And then uh, later on, you will do the math, and you'll find out you've lost a lot of money. So <laughs> that's right. Someone says to do the math. Do you neither the math nor trust them? Yeah, you should really just at that point just go. You know what? I'm going to do the math. No, no, don't do the math. <laughs> no, no, I think I will do the math here. Yeah, he did the math. That was the problem. I, I shouldn't have told him to do the math. That was, that was on me. My bad. What did I have to lose? I thought. It turns out the sale. Yeah. It wow. is a. It is nice having a, a former uh, encyclopedia salesman as a as a as a friend. Like uh, this guy knows it. He's he's been in the biz. He's been I, in the hustle. He's been. That's the, true. I am I am uh, pitch immune. Yeah, you've been in the game, man. Been in the game. Yeah, one time, I probably told this story before, but this uh, vacuum, door-to-door vacuum salesman came to us a long time ago. And, uh, you know, he said he was, you know, trying to sell this back, blah, 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 going around the neighborhood. And I said, I said, I said no thanks, not interested, not, you know, don't, don't, don't want it. And he's like, he's like hey, well, I'll vacuum your, your stairs for free. I'm like, really? He goes, I said, I said, really? Because we're not going to buy it. Like, so you're just wasting your time. He goes, no, no, I know, that's fine. I'll just vacuum your, your you know, and so then he vacuums the stairs. I'm like, okay, well, I guess you can go. Nope, he wanted to sell me this vacuum. So then he starts doing a spiel, and I'm like, I'm not interested. I'm honestly not interested. And then he gets his boss to come in, and then his boss is <laughs> mad at us for wasting this guy's time. And I'm like, well, we told him that we weren't interested, and we weren't going to buy it. Like, what more can you say? And then he said he's going to vacuum the stairs for free. So, of course, they let him in, vacuum the stairs for free. Let Charles oh, Manson my- in the house. All I could say is, like, as someone who has been a salesman very briefly and really did not like it, mm. I would say that I would prefer to vacuum someone's stairs <laughs> than to try to sell a vacuum to the next person. And if I'm vacuuming stairs, I can yeah. then say to my boss, yeah. hey, man, I was vacuuming the stairs like you told me. Yeah. And then he still said, no, yeah. oh, that son of a bitch. What a son of a bitch. <laughs> but it's time that I'm not getting a door slammed in my face. Yeah, and I'm actually feeling like I'm being productive and making someone's house nice. I'm it, like that. I'm fine with doing that. I'll vacuum you downstairs. It's just so <laughs> weird. Like, like when I when I sold encyclopedias door to door, like my first night out, I sold I sold a set of encyclopedias or almost sold them. Like I wasn't good enough yet to quite close the the deal. I got mm-hmm. very close. Like the people signed the papers and stuff like that. Then they started having second thoughts, and I guess so. Then they sent some like higher up guys to go in there and like seal the deal, but they couldn't seal it anyway. So that I didn't get the, the permission for it. So, oh, well, but, but um, yeah, you don't like, you don't send in your, your, your higher, your, you know, the, the top guns when you got a person who's saying, I'm not interested. Like that's not, you, they're supposed to come in and like seal the deal, not come in and get mad at a person because they weren't interested in hearing a spiel. I listened and I wasn't interested. That was the end of it. Get out of here. No, now I'm gonna get I'm gonna get yelled at, not yelled at, but just scolded. What this uh, poor what, guy came in here, vacuumed your stairs, <laughs> told you about how great this vacuum is, told you how many cups of coffee. You have to... Exactly. <laughs> what brand of encyclopedia were you selling? 
Oh my gosh, I can't even remember now. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Not a, not okay. not when I not when I recognized. Like I knew World Book. Yeah. I knew Collier's. Right. I knew Encyclopedia Britannica, of course. Right. But it was none of those. It was some other. Okay. It was an off-brand. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Now I'm I'm looking up. Uh, I want to see like I'm going to look up uh, brands of encyclopedias. So sorry about this. That's fine. Uh, it was. It was a it was a it was a fine encyclopedia I guess if that's what you want. I I I'm sure I'm sure it was. Uh, let me uh, let me just see because I uh, want to. Here we go. Uh, oh no, none of that helps me at all. Uh, Wikipedia. It Thank was, you. It oh. was at least another 10, 15 years before it was completely redundant. Oh, is that right? Okay. Well, I was selling in 80, 84, 85, so around that time. Not for that long, but but yeah. So I mean, it wasn't like you know when was when was the internet. A co- like a commonly occurring thing 95 right 95 96 maybe <laughs> sorry i went and uh, one of the places to look was on stanford so i clicked on uh brands of encyclopedias yeah and it just came up access forbidden like very <laughs> aggressively i'm like you know what you could just you know do do that that'd be fine all right brands brands and brand names of encyclopedias nope none of this helps me at all yeah Nope, no idea. If you really want to Sorry. know, I'll look through it myself one day and uh, I'll see if I can yeah. remember. But I would have to cube my yeah, I would have to cube my memory. No, that's absolutely fine. Been fine. a long time. You know what? I actually liked my favorite thing about selling books. This is gonna sound weird. I I always liked when people would just invite me in, and I would just go inside and just sit and talk to them. Mm. I did that lots. Like it was because you know there wasn't much to do in the evenings. I I wasn't really too serious about selling books. I would sell if I got in trouble for not selling them. Mm-hmm. Then I would sell. But other than that, I wasn't that keen on it. Like. Uh, like I didn't, like I didn't do anything. Like you know, I, looking back on it, there was many girls that invited me in, and I would sit and talk with them, but I didn't do anything. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, <laughs> you know me, you know. Yeah. Who would want to do that with me? Ugh. Well, so also, you weren't being a creep, so that's good. Well, that's also yeah, that's you know, but also, I, or, but I was just being a giant disappointment as well, probably since I didn't, you know. Uh, I do remember seeing uh, one one lady the next day and I was like, Oh, hi. And she kind of it was kind of cold. I was like, Oh, I wonder why she's so cold. And I look back. It's like, cause I wasn't very forthcoming. It's probably the reason, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, cause people were there. It's, it's part of the thing is, it was 19, it was mid eighties, you know, it wasn't like an exciting time. And here's someone from somewhere else and you can just sit and talk to them. So, yes. So often I, yeah, so many times I'd be invited to people's houses and just sit and yak Remember this lady? They had these. This couple had a big giant uh, uh, Roddy, a Rottweiler, and it just sat with its its head in my lap and just drooled on my leg the whole time I was there. It said this giant puddle, <laughs> and he's a good dog. And that's one thing. Yeah, sorry, just, all, sorry, just lots of people. Yeah, just when when uh, lady invited me in and I watched SCTV. <laughs> <laughs> you sure brought she, it all together. Sure, she was impressed. I'm sure she was impressed. Well, yeah. it's like whenever I would tour, you know, doing either comedy or school shows or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. If you went to a small town, you were just the novelty was that you were someone who was new. Yeah. I guess that's it. Yeah. You were, you were delightful to talk to because you're a new person with, uh, you know, you think like, hey, I'm pretty hot. To... No, you're not. You're not hot potatoes. You're just you're just new. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Wait uh, three days and uh, that bloom's going to go off your rose, Jack. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. And if you're and if you're a creep, you could probably you know turn this into something, uh, but you shouldn't uh, and don't and uh, knock it off. uh, (laughs) Well, I don't know. I I mean, I think yeah, there's creepiness, but there's also like people who are lonely who just want someone to be with them. 
That's yeah. that's part of it too, and and as long as you're not, I definitely uh, was a dis- I just def- definitely was a disappointment in that department, just because I'm this so you know signal dead and everything else. I can't. Here's tell what what's I've going got on. memories of. I've got memories of a person I know who's a, who's a, who's a pretty good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and they went on a school tour. Yeah, and um, uh, up to northern BC, sure, and uh, came back engaged. <laughs> To someone who was engaged at the time, ah, uh, someone and, else, I take it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and 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 basically, as they they left the town together, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in the car with the other actors who were not happy about this situation at all, no, uh, chased chased in a truck uh, by the uh, former fiance. Oh dear, uh, it's it's as bad as it sounds, <laughs> uh, and I'm leaving bits out. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah, I had to be like the encouraging friend of just like, oh well, I'm glad you found found that uh, person, <laughs> but you know it's not going to work no. like at all. This was just no, like, no. oh my gosh, you were like on tour for too long, you were lonely. <laughs> she was looking for a way out. You were that way out. Yeah. There was no way you guys should get married. Uh, but yeah, it was like uh, when you're when you're being chased out of town in a truck with like you know getaway music playing. Oh boy, no, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It's it's great except when it's reality. <laughs> it makes for a good story, but not a good life. Yeah. But uh, but he's happy now, and he's uh, he's uh, he's 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 found someone who's uh, great for him, and it all worked out good. So uh, good for him. Good good turnaround in that story there. Yeah, it feels like if the friends could have like convinced him to to have her stay there, and then she'd come later. That is, he the farther you got her from the town, the the less the fires would have like you know. Been yeah, just like mere embers by about two miles away. Small town, and uh, they hooked up, right? So yeah, yeah. She can't stay in the town. No, no. It's too small a town for that. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, they had to get out of town, throw everything <laughs> in the bag, and uh, and uh, throw it in the back with all our props or their props from their comedy improv show. Sheesh. And and okay, I'll just say this too. The other element of it that was like, oh boy, was the person who was telling me about this was just like, he was sharing a, a hotel room with this fella. And so like, he's, uh, he's there and he's sleeping. And then he hears like him come in with like, uh, his lady friend oh, and then shenanigans ensue. Yeah. And he just curls up into a tight little ball <laughs> and just waits for it to be over. <laughs> oh no. Man. And he thinks like, well, in the morning this is done. Yeah. And that's when he finds out I'm engaged. Like, oh no. And just wants to curl back up into the hedgehog ball one more time. Don't but no, blame him. Uh, you got a new friend for yeah. your road trip. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, I don't I don't miss touring. <laughs> okay. Um I'm, I'm going to our letters page. Okay, go to letters. We're two. We're two hour. We're coming up on two hours deep now. Oh my gosh! And my voice can only go so long. Yeah, that's right. Um, so last week we uh, we had as our questions of the week. Uh, what do we do? Uh, have you had the opportunity to make or build anything during the lockdown? And what's the movie, TV show, book that scared you when you were young? So uh, our friend uh, Todd wrote. Oh, we were. This is also uh, a couple of people picked up on our discussion of Rapunzel and the logistics of the rescue. Okay. <laughs> um, and also, we were talking about fansplainers, our, our uh, podcast fansplainers, and what we should do for fansplainers. Yeah. So some people also talked about that. So uh, Todd says, right. 
the deal with Rapunzel, in the fairy tale version anyway, not sure about later adaptations, was that her tower had no door or stairs. So the only way to get into her room was by climbing her hair. Like you pointed out, Rapunzel herself couldn't escape by her own hair. Instead, she and the prince, uh, to quote Wikipedia, uh, plan a means of escape where he will come every night and bring Rapunzel a piece of silk that she will gradually weave into a ladder. Things Why not get her a rope, like a full <laughs> rope piece of silk? Uh, anyway, silk's, uh, pretty, silk's pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, things it's go strong awry. and light. It's strong and light. How, how about instead of a tiny piece of silk, a long thing of silk and let her go? Anyway, uh, things go awry when the witch discovers that Rapunzel is pregnant. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm dear. assuming this part got left out of Disney's Tangled. <laughs> mm. uh, we talked about Snow White. Oh, with Snow White, in the fairy tale, the queen merely puts on a disguise rather than drinking a potion ah. to physically transform herself, like in the Disney version. She makes several different attempts to kill Snow White, each time disguising herself as a different woman. Then, in the end, she's invited to Snow White and Prince Charming's wedding, where they kill her by making her dance to death wearing red-hot sh iron shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. What book scared me when I was young? Grimm's Fairy Tales. <laughs> Uh, for fansplainers, if you're okay with doing a foreign film, then I'd hardly recommend Parasite. Otherwise, perhaps Singing in the Rain. I know you've mentioned being fans of it a few times. I'd be interested in hearing you guys do a deep dive, having watched it myself recently. Both are available on Amazon Prime. Yes, both oh. are great films. Thank you. Uh, a friend, uh, Canon, uh, Grawl. Uh, Canon? Canon. Well, you know, you say you're Canon. I say you're Canon. <laughs> you are I am chagrinin. Um, for fans, chagrinin, complaining, gaining, canning, complaining. Let's see what <laughs> says. Uh, I'd like to suggest John Carter on Disney Plus. I did like uh, that. Or Ghostbusters. I, I just watched that the other day, actually. Oh, nice. Or Ghostbusters answer the Very call. Very good movie. Uh, both underrated, possibly both contentious. They are possibly both contentious. Hmm. Uh, Netflix also has many classics. Uh, preceding the time of fansplainers uh, that could undergo the scrutiny. Inception, The Matrix, Titanic, Hunger Games, Ready Player One, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Hot Fuzz, what? Monty Python's uh, Holy Grail, The Life of Brian. So many. Too many! <laughs> uh, and on Netflix, I also, uh, I'd also suggest a lesser known but fun one, See You Yesterday, a time travel movie starring uh, basically Moon Girl without Devil Dinosaur. I think I've seen that movie. I think I have seen that one. I and it is okay. It's okay? Uh, okay. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's all right. Uh, <laughs> our, our pal Louise writes, uh, in the version of Rapunzel, I remember, she blows the secret of the prince's visits by asking the witch, hey, how come uh, you're so much heavier to pull up than the king's son? Dang, Rapunzel, you had one secret to keep. <laughs> um, to be fair... Uh, she's getting her head tugged every day, real hard. Yeah. So it must be like hitting things. It's it's lucky she can talk at all. Um, Tangled would be a good movie. Uh, fans playing uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I did like Tangled quite a bit. Uh, people are making uh much out of the eerie coincidence that the kingdom Rapunzel is from is called Corona. Hmm. Huh. They're also pointing to her song "When Will My Life Begin." as a good guide to coping with self-isolation. In it, she hmm. demonstrates her daily routine of passing the time with cleaning, baking, sketching, and painting, music and dancing, reading, and uh, home hair maintenance. And she's not allowed to get a haircut either. 
So this is very relatable. Um, I just added that bit. Uh, <laughs> I like this quarantine version parody of the song uh, by cosplay uh, tutorial YouTuber uh, Mikarai Tours, and she leaves a link on our uh, Sneaky Dragon page, so check that out. Uh, another movie you could fansplain during this apocalyptic time is Shorn the Sheep, Farmageddon, available on Netflix. Ooh. I have not seen that yet, but I did like the first movie. Me too. Um, the first uh, movie with scenes that scared me as a kid was Wizard of Oz, particularly the scene where Dorothy is being held captive in the witch's tower. She sees Auntie M in the big crystal ball uh, calling to her. Then the witch suddenly appears in the ball, mocks her, and turns out and turns out to the audience and cackles. Found that really disturbing. <laughs> yep. Flying, right. flying monkeys are they're it. Uh, Kanan uh, writes again, I had all the usual scary scenes from movies when I was a kid. It's like a BuzzFeed checklist, I'm sure. Return to Oz, the Wheelers. Yeah, they are creepy. Or when Dorothy uh, tries to steal a key from around the witch's, uh, witch's neck's head and uh, wakes up, uh, waking all the other heads, and they start screaming, take your pick. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty scary scene. Never ending <laughs> story. Uh, the Nothing, uh, the wolf at the end. The Witches, the scene where the <clears throat> fat kid gets turned into a mouse. Watership Down, uh, Fievel's dreams of the Warrens being filled in and the rabbits all being squashed and suffocated. Uh, the Dark Crystal. Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, the Arthur, uh, the, the Skeksis, uh, when uh, Fizzgig first jumps out at us. <laughs> the Podlings get their souls drained. Just about everything about it, really. Yeah, I know. I've never seen that movie. Oh, have you seen? Well, I guess you haven't seen the TV series. No, I haven't. I haven't watched the TV either. series is uh, also uh, very, whoa, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, but quite impressive. I saw the TV series first, then watched the, um, oh, the, so you, you hadn't seen it either? Nope. Funny how well, we... you know I tell a lie. I'd seen it and completely forgotten it. Then when I watched it, I was like, nope, don't remember a damn thing about this. Um, I just found the main characters really off-putting. They are. They're blank faces. Once again, you know, those, those sort of featureless, motionless faces just don't, just don't do it for me. They reminded me a lot of uh, these Canadian puppets that we used to have that would mm. often do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, whatever those ones were. Mm -hmm. um, Edward Dragansky writes... Were they Peek I, and Neek? I mean, I Neek and Peek. I think so, yes. Neek and, and Peek. Occasionally they team up with Trudeau. <laughs> the other Trudeau, his father, not uh, handsome Pete. Um, I'd have to say uh, that I've been uh, busy enough working on a daily basis to put any downtime towards a home project or building something. Uh, we're, uh, uh, we're right about to pitch an entire new batch of kids' meal toy concepts to one of our clients. So once that's done, uh, uh, we'll all be able to breathe a bit easier and free up some time for something else. Just not sure what. Careful where uh, you're breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be very careful, especially if you've got uh, toys for kids' meals, because those can be a choking hazard. So very careful. <laughs> take a deep breath those. Um, the first film that came to my mind, it's the scariest movie as a kid, was one our local affiliate would show late at night, and I always watched it. I may have mentioned this film before, but it's Race with the Devil. Oh, yeah. Starring Peter Fonda, Warren Oates, Loretta Swit, and Laura Parker. <laughs> it's from 1975. The story about two couples traveling to te Texas to a motorsports event uh, where they're pursued by a satanic cult. Yes, we have talked about this one before. Uh, they're in a big motorhome, and everywhere they go, the Satanists aren't far behind. You guys spoke about horror films and how they should or shouldn't end on a happy note. This film ends horrifically. Spoiler! <laughs> Just when the two couples think they're finally safe from the satanic hordes, they find a quiet place in the park, the motorhome in a forest clearing. Without a moment to enjoy their freedom, all the Satanists walk out from the surrounding forest 
and a huge circle of fire surrounds the motorhome and the two couples. The end. This ending haunted me in the same way. Uh, the same way all the shit was supposed to be taking place not far from where I lived. <laughs> yeah. Don't be don't be caught in one of those circles of flames. Yeah, I can see. I can see like the it being lo- located where you were, and also seeing it as a kid, like. I was fascinated by that film as a kid, but I never never saw it till I was a teenager. And when I saw it as a teenager, I was kind of disappointed in it because it didn't seem as interesting or scary as it as it could have been. But I'm sure as a kid, you know, there's a difference between what, you, what how something is scary as a child and how they are as a teenager when you're all blasé and too cool for school. We also were talking about lightsabers and uh, lightsabers. Say, lightsabers are free in some cases, but several Jedi have paid for them dearly by losing their hands. Oh. He, even though it was cut from Return of the Jedi, Luke can be seen finishing his newly constructed green lightsaber and hiding it inside R2-D2. There you go, Ooh, green. That answers your question. There you are. Thank you, Ed. Uh, there I am. Uh, later on during the siege on Jabba's barge, the droid shoots the hidden saber at Luke uh, to use for their escape. It's been said that it's kind of a rite of passage for a Jedi to build his or her own lightsaber, unless you're a coughing train wreck like General Grievous, <laughs> and you have a huge collection of stolen lightsabers hidden in your cape. Uh, I do know that they can't just be bought anywhere, just passed down, stolen, built, or earned. There you are. Uh, okay, uh, damn it. If Ian hasn't seen Godfather Part Two, then that's the film I'd recommend for fansplainers. It's a masterpiece and worthy of multiple viewings. Just steer clear of the that day-long version they cut into chronological order from the first two films. Uh, the version of Godfather 2 on Amazon Prime will do nicely. I get that, uh, that you've caught all the cultural references over the years, but to watch it and put it into the context of the film would be well worth your time. I've been waiting to watch it on a plane, which looks like won't be happening for a while. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. Maybe I'll uh, give that a look. Um, I have seen the SCTV version. Is that good enough? Yeah, it's probably good enough. <laughs> Nina writes... Uh, I've learned how to make pickles, but that's about it. Uh, they're great on top of a tuna melt oh. or a chicken sandwich. Yeah. Uh, I use vegan chicken. Uh, Are these sweet pickles? I use. Uh, she uses meat pickles on her vegan chicken, though. That's the <laughs> thing. I thought they were sweet pickles, but they're meat pickles. Okay, yeah, fair That enough. is a good question. Are we talking sweet pickles, Nina? Are we talking uh, dill pickles? Are we talking hot pickles? I wouldn't put a hot pickle pepper uh pastor i would say she she would enjoy a hot pickle um this sounds like i'm saying something <laughs> yeah, weird but i know that she likes a spicy food she likes uh spicy things so there are spicy pickles this would make uh, sense i wouldn't put a, put a pickle pastor either you know what i enjoy dave yep. i enjoy myself a mustard pickle i like mustard pickles too but you know the best part of mustard pickles what the pearl onions i was gonna say <laughs> you should have you have a nice corned beef sandwich, and what are you going to have? Oh, have that's so good. A little mustard pickle on there. You got the pearl onion, oh. a little treat. Oh, dude. That's so my, good. I don't like ham very much, but I feel, I feel, I insist if we have ham that we should have mustard pickles because you got to make it worth my while. Throw yeah. those mustard pickles I'm, in there. I'm not a huge ham person myself. I do like a prosciutto, uh, like a salami, but uh, yeah, straight ham. That's fine. Yeah, I just find it too salty for me. Yeah, it's fair, fair, fair enough. Salty, Let's get back salty, to Nina's uh, message. All right, Nina, uh, back to you. Uh, back to her. Uh, I was going to try to make a face mask, then decided the result wouldn't be very good, and that I'd end up uh, getting one made by someone else instead. As Ian knows, I ended up lending my sewing machine to Vicky and Pia, and I'm glad it's in much more capable hands. Yeah, they've been cranking out the uh, the masks, and so thank. First of all, thank you, Nina, for that. And also, we uh, yeah, we did a run to Fabricland today to get um, uh, materials and uh, some uh, stretchy bands. Those are hard to find, but they had some, 
and we we did that. Actually, that was yesterday. We did that today. We went out to get uh, uh, hand sanitizer, and oh boy, uh, we got some stinky ass hand sanitizer. Oh really? Oh, so stinky. We got it from uh, uh, like a vodka uh, place that was uh, also like selling hand sanitizer, and you could actually get the hand sanitizer in a bottle of vodka. But we went with like two hand sanitizers. Sorry, it's a store that sold just vodka. No, it's a brewer. It's a brewery. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. They okay. also make hand sanitizer as you can if you're ah, a brewer. Okay. Uh, okay. And so we got it. And we're like, oh, this is great. So we open it up. We put a little on our hands. And we're like, whoa, that stinks. Oh, my God. Oh, it's oh, <coughs> awful. That's and interesting. And yet, uh, very, uh, it's, it's effective and it works. But boy, lordy, stinkaroo. I guess that's where all the smell from vodka goes into the hand sanitizer. Possibly. That way vodka doesn't have much of a smell. Back to Nina. Uh, my current, theory. Yeah. Yeah. My current new project is to work on my flexibility. I stumbled across uh, the flexibility subreddit, and I've been doing deep uh, deep stretches daily ever since. My goal is to be able to do the front splits one day. Uh, I was scared of ET when I was little, and I'm sure I'm not <laughs> the only one. The thing was designed to be appealing, and they based it on old people, but it's pretty horrific looking. I heard that they based it on Albert Einstein to a degree. Uh, that was, that's what oh, I, that's I thought what that I was uh, Yoda. Oh, maybe both. Uh, I guess it can be considered mildly cute in the same way a pug is. Still, it's infinitely better than its knockoff, Mac from Mac and Me. But listen, th- those those aliens, you gotta you gotta give it to them for the sexy uh, bodies. Those are some hot hot aliens. Is that like, right? Uh, uh, second only to I think the uh, Nudar from uh, Futurama. <laughs> like both of them have that. Uh, oh boy. Mm-mm. Mm, I've, never, I've never seen Mac and Me or any, or even know what it looks like. The best way would be if you watch like a Riff Tracks or a, something like yeah, that. Yeah, or, or, or ideally, you saw the Gentleman Hecklers do it. That would be see it live. Be okay. nice. Yeah. Uh, it is a rough, 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 rough ride. <laughs> it's really right, fair it's, it's tough. It's tough watching. It may put you off McDonald's. Oh. Maybe. Okay. Possibly. I doubt and it. And that is. That is uh, the letters from our webpage. Do we have any other uh, letters at all this weekday that you're aware of? I don't think so. Besides our pal Gavin uh, letting us know uh, horror movies with uh, happy endings? You know what? I left my phone in the house, so I can't help you there. I'm sorry. Well, there's nothing we can do about it then. <laughs> Luckily, sorry, we've done infinite show so far already. So, I, was, uh, uh, so I was washing dishes uh, listening to the podcast before I came. Well, let's, came get, a couple of, let's get a couple updates here. Uh, first of all, uh, deck talk. Is the deck still on deck? Things going to still be decking? Sure. That's coming. Uh, That's coming for sure. All right. And now uh, chick talk. Uh, uh, how are the chickens doing? Chickens are great. They're dumb. Uh, They're as dumb as can be. If you listen to the... You know what, everyone? If you listen to this week's episode of Listening Party, you will get to hear one of our chickens laying an egg. You'll hear her in the background going, buck, 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 buck. You know, this really weird mechanical buck going it this repeats over and over again and uh what that means is they're laying an egg now i don't want to tell you i had my window open when i was recording the show because it was sort of okay. a warm day so all let the noises me, from the yard let me make in. this suggestion then yep uh make that your ringtone <laughs> that sounds great buck, 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 buck. and if not the the actual chicken yeah you you just doing that <laughs> it's great yeah that would be great what's great about it is like I only did it three times, but they'll do it like 10 times in a row. It's so weird because it just looks so regular. It's really strange, but yeah. 
They didn't. Are they still? Are they still hiding the eggs? They're still. I think they're still laying them in the bucket there. I have not gone and checked the bucket for for a while. I have to do that soon because okay. we don't want it to get too messy in there. And the chickens are still every night. I have to go outside when I go outside to when I leave the shop slash studio. I they're always sitting on my steps, so I have to pick them up and put them in their in their uh, in their run because I don't want them to be eaten by any sort of passing predator like a raccoon. So uh, yeah. I don't mind if the eggs get destroyed. It's not great, but better than them. Because those guys are a couple of cuties. Aw. Well done. <laughs> They're good. Besides all the poo all over my patio. I have to pressure wash it again. Yeah, and then sometimes the chickens leave some too. So well, you got to really take care of it. Boing. Yeah, I mean, during quarantine, everything just goes, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm still making my bed. I understand. You still, yeah, no, you're out there. You're, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're essential. I'm an essential you're, service. Uh, you're one of those Marvel characters, the essentials. <laughs> hey, someone used my spring wrap thing that I made, and they they were complimenting me for it today, so that was good. Oh, what was the spring wrap thing? Oh, okay. Well, at work, uh, this is my my the warehouse manager. It was his idea. He came over and he had like a drawing on a piece of paper, you know, kind of like a stick drawing, equivalent of a stick 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 character, but a drawing of a what he thought like could be a spring wrapper. So we sometimes ship springs to customers. So we have springs that are like two inches in diameter or two and five eighths or three and three quarter or six inch springs. So they're quite, really quite big, but so occasionally we have to chip the customers. And when we do, we wrap them in, in shrink wrap. And so I thought it would be a good idea if we designed a kind of a station that the spring would be on like a shaft and then we, and then it, we could turn it and then the, the shrink wrap would come out. And so okay. I, I thought that, so I, so he kind of threw that in my lap. He goes, Oh, that's my idea. So you, you make this work. So, I kind of followed his idea and it didn't really work very well because it, it made the shrink wrap too tight and it, it went on this and the way it went onto the spring, it was like so narrow. You just wouldn't be wrapping forever. So like, okay, that's out. And so then eventually I hit on this idea where uh, I've got this, the, I've got a, like a 17 inch roll of shrink wrap suspended on a tube underneath a kind of a sawhorse with a platform on top of it. And the platform has, Oh, it's so hard to explain, but it has two little, <laughs> it has two grooves on either side that are just, uh, and in those grooves run this, this uh, contraption that I made, this, this sort of upside down platform that holds the, it holds the shrink wrap. Well, it doesn't actually hold the shrink wrap. It merely pushes the shrink wrap because the shrink wrap is held by the tube because I didn't want, so that way I avoid having the weight of the shrink wrap on this weird pl- thing I made. So the way it works is the shrink wrap comes up and it goes through a gap in this in this sliding carriage and then it goes around the spring and then i made a handle to go on a tube i just made it i just took a spring and i straightened the coil out until it was a straight piece of metal mm-hmm. just using a using a torch and then just heating it up and banging it straight and then then i banged it so that it was a handle shape and then i turned it one part of the handle i made it so it was a severe curve like less than an inch so that it could fit into the tube. And then I, I did put it in hot so that I could spread it inside. And then I put two uh, lag bolts into it. So now it, you can spin this shaft with a spring on it. And the spring turns and then it, you know, then the, the shrink wrap wraps around it. And as it wraps, you push this carriage down the length of the spring. And as you go, it wraps the spring. So it works. It's quite neat, actually. It works pretty well. I should take pictures of these things rather than just... In fact, I will... I'm going to say this with some degree of caution, but... I mean to tomorrow. I'll take some pictures of this and also the cardboard cutter that I that I made as well, so people can see them. Because that's pretty good too. I made a because uh, we get cardboard that comes in various lengths, and some of them aren't very useful. 
And so I made a little cutting block kind of thing that you pull the cardboard through it and there's a blade that comes down through it that's adjustable to three different sizes and it trims the cardboard to the size you want. And it makes it makes for easy wrapping. Everyone loves that one. So that's good. And I got a compliment today, like I say, on my the spring wrapper from someone who used it. Oh, that's great. And we haven't even had a tutorial because they didn't know that there was a, a way to make it so the spring is fixed in place so that it doesn't spin as you spin the you spin the uh, the, the tube. So yeah, it's uh it's quite the elaborate nonsense. I'm hoping that well, I'm hoping to do more because I have I have an idea of something else that we need in 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 the warehouse. So I want to get on. Well, that. I, I'm going to then uh, make this one of our questions of the week. Okay. And that uh, have you ever invented anything or created anything? I wouldn't say these are inventions, but okay. I'm going to say they are. Okay. <laughs> uh, created anything, invented anything, or made something uh, like fixed fixed that made it better like that. Like uh, pulled a Dave is what we're saying. All right. So uh, yeah, have you ever done have you ever done that? Uh, l- let us know what that was that you're like, Hey, I'm kind of proud that I created this, invented this or pulled a day. I would be interested in hearing that. That'd be cool. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to, so question number two is going to kind of follow in our conversation of today. And that is, is there any show from your youth that you loved that when you saw it and when you got older, that you were very disappointed by it? Mm. Is that a good question? It is. Okay. Very good. And now, uh, as we said before, we are uh, going to be bringing back Fansplainers, yes. uh, which is our uh, uh, side spin uh, subcast. Uh, and uh, we would normally be doing movies that were out, that were fresh, that were new, but movie theaters are closed uh, for safety reasons. So we're looking for things that are streaming now or maybe, you know, just available uh, online that we can uh, watch. So uh, we're asking for your suggestions. Then we're going to uh, uh, put them probably on Twitter and uh, do like a little poll and vote. So uh, yeah, if you've, if you've got them, some people have already like put in some great suggestions. So please uh, do that. Uh, we're going to tell you in a second how to do that. And also uh, we're still looking for questions for our uh, uh, 450th episode, which is our all questions episode. <laughs> and uh, for that one, there's, there's prizes, man. If we uh, randomly pick your, uh, your, your question. So it's worth your while to, Give us a give us a couple of those, uh, and you'll be winning, uh, among other things, a very rare uh, issue of Exorcisters that didn't come out because comic stores closed, uh, and that's issue number six. Uh, oh. We'll send you some Sneaky Dragon stickers and buttons and uh, business, and I believe uh, <laughs> Dave said he was going to like put in a thousand dollars of his own money, which I was just like, oh, you don't have to do that. But uh, I insisted. He said, he said he said no, yeah. no, make yeah. it two. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy! I, know, uh, I should. I should stop talking now. What were they thinking uh, of? It's okay. So the two thousand bucks is probably not going to happen. But uh, stickers, buttons, a uh, comic book, and some other stuff. Maybe some gum. We'll throw some gum in there. Uh, I mean, so, I was going to do that. Then this whole coronavirus thing happened, and that right. kind of well, that kind of threw my that threw my money plans into the, into uh, out of whack. So so when, once more, somebody else to blame COVID nineteen for everyone. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. I invested all my money in stinky hand sanitizer, so uh, <laughs> can make a lot of good investment. Of hey, can I just say one thing about fan splainers before we? Before, Please. Um, yeah, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna choose maybe three or four of the films that we've got suggested so far, like some of the first few. I'm gonna put up a poll, uh, possibly uh, Thursday night or Friday night, and we'll have. I'm gonna put them both on Twitter and on our Facebook page. And you can go there and vote, and then we'll close voting on Sunday night, and Ian and I will we'll do a fan splainers next week sometime. Yep. And so here's how you contact us. You can either do it by email. Remember email? Oh, I do. Email. I like it. What? Yeah, you go, uh, uh, here's, here's our email address. We'll let you know it. 
but don't tell no one it because it's just between you and me. It's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Don't start giving this out to like Coca-Cola or big corporations. All right. We don't need Amazon. They don't need to know it. But just between you and me, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Or go to our website, sneakydragon.com. And like after uh, all our episodes are there. And underneath each episode, we've got a message board. And you can just post there. That's simple. Or you're probably on Facebook because that's how you're talking to people nowadays. Uh, aside from Zoom and all other superior ways. Uh, but if you're on Facebook, we've got a Sneaky Dragon page there. So why not? Go for it. Well, hey, you know that Twitter that's like everyone's yelling at each other on? Okay. Go there. Uh, sneaky underscore dragon is our uh, is our uh, Twitter uh, thing. And we'll probably have uh, polls and such things there. You can also <laughs> give us suggestions there. Or go to Tumblr and that's sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Is that a Twitter handle that you're thinking of? Yeah, sure. I was trying to think of Twitter handle. It's exactly right. Or was it honeymoon team? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But have you ever heard the expression honeymoon team? Yeah, please, please elucidate if you have. Yeah, let us, uh, let us, uh, let us know. Uh, Aside from that, hey man, this has been uh, a nice, full, uh, delicious uh, podcast full of good times and uh, good taste. Uh, Fun, fun facts have been said. We've rambled. Uh, we've really done a nice deep dive on a television show no one cared about. A uh, specific episode that no one was clamoring to hear. And you know what? We give the people what they don't want. And that is that is the makings of cult. I'm not going to say classic. <laughs> but cult-defining podcast. Yes, you're right. It's a def- it's you, definitely yeah. Def- yeah. Cult. It gets you mm-hmm. uh, that nice, loyal, sure. small, tight audience. <laughs> yeah, but they we love we love that audience for less. We love <laughs> and they do keep coming back for less. It's so amazing. It's like we say: always leave them wanting <laughs> us to be quiet or anything <laughs> at all. Just wanting <laughs> something. I don't know. <laughs> So when we come back next week uh, on the show, yeah. uh, uh, we're going to tell you how to cut your own hair. Mm. Um, we'll tell you that. My hair is getting uh, wild. I'm telling you right now. Holy yeah, cow. How about how you? To make your, yeah, how to make your own um, uh, toilet paper out of that hair that you've cut. Wow. <laughs> do that. The, the lockdown occurred two days before I was supposed to get my hair cut. So I was already due for a haircut. Now I'm double due for a haircut. <laughs> I, I do enjoy... Okay. I don't watch uh, sports, so I never watch Squire Barnes on local television. Okay. But the one, okay, the most delightful thing yeah. about the lockdown, yes. aside from being able to spend time with my family, my wife, it's so nice. Yeah. Uh, there's some beautiful days. Uh, you know, all the things that sure, you sure. treasure. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah. What else? What, what's so but interesting about Squire Barnes? Watching Squire Barnes' fucking hair. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. He's, oh, he's going full Boris Johnson, and he can't stop it. There's nothing he can do. He want, you can tell he wants a haircut, but he can't get a haircut. He can't. How could he? Like, he is so close to cutting his own fucking hair. There's no two ways about it. That's going to go even worse. That's so great. it's just like, ah, it's a waiting game, a beautiful waiting game. If you get a chance, just check him out. Check out his hair. Oh, it's so good. So good. It looks like he's sitting on a Van de Graaff generator. Ah, uh, it's so great. <laughs> Every day they turn oh, up the juice good. a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds great. Yep. So, uh, again, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. We appreciate your kind attention. I've been Ian Boothby. I've been kind attention.
And we've been still doing this show. <laughs> everyone stay healthy and we'll see you uh, next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. about to say exactly that thing were you were you about to say that that's good that's great <laughs>